0: In this modern age, Perfect. too many people have lost sight of the true meaning of Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. So now, in the spirit of the original, traditional American Christmas, MGM presents me to you. the movie that sends up Santa Claus. Mom! Hush! Shut up, Ralphie! A Christmas Story. Made Starts Friday at select area theaters.
1: Well, the holiday season is in full effect here at ReconCinemation, and we are in full holiday spirit. Welcome to a brand new episode of ReconCinemation. I'm John Diner.
2: I'm David Munchak.
1: I'm Brent Hutchins. And this is the podcast that takes a look back at some of our favorite films from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And we got a fun one today. We are just coming out of, uh, we had our Vember. We went into adventures and babysitting in our last episode. But the holiday season is upon us. And we had to hit one of our, uh, one of our, probably one of the, arguably one of the biggest Christmas movies of all time. And for that special occasion, of course, we needed one of our very favorite special guests, co-hosts, Mr. Joe Seda. How are you, Joe?
3: Hey, I'm doing good. How's it going, guys? How all right. Good to see you. Happy holidays. Oh, happy holidays. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Welcome back, sir. When when was the last time you were on with us? We had, uh, I think it was Batman. It was, it was early, early oh, this Batman. year, right? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, so, Batman. Yeah, this is my third actual episode. So I'm trying to join that five timers club. We're working that way. <laughs> <laughs> and I, my third actual episode, and then I was on the uh, the special hundredth episode. Yes, oh, yeah. yes, yeah, that yes. was the grand spectacular
1: that it was. The yeah. podcast that keeps on giving. Yeah. Oh, mama. <laughs> and Teen
3: Wolf. It all started with Teen Wolf. So that's right. That's right. I staked my claim to let's talk a little Teen Wolf and I've, I've never been invited back for Teen Wolf two and probably for good reason.
1: <laughs> could we do a whole episode on Teen Wolf two comma oh. T O O. Yeah. We, I think awesome. we can try. It's worth <laughs> a could, shot. Probably. Yeah. We got at least
3: out. 25 minutes up on that one. For at sure. least. Yeah. <laughs> There's more werewolf boxing than I think you would want in, uh, <laughs> in, in a podcast or a film. So Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, there was uh there's a
1: lot of holiday movies to to choose from and we uh we decided to go with the arguably the all-time classic Christmas story. It's right up there. We're going to get into like where it ranks for all of us and and in historically where it kind of stands compared to a lot of the other classic Christmas movies. But uh, I'm excited to talk about this one before we do. Joe, tell us a little bit about what's going on with uh, with your podcast. It happened one year.
3: Yeah. So I think last time I was here, we were still wrapping up season one. It happened one year. We cover a year and and every season. And so season one, we did 1994 Uh, this year. We're doing 1967, which has been a struggle. But we're getting through it, because it's just harder, I think, because we, me and the wife, weren't alive in 67, so finding topics and connecting to them has been a little harder, but um, but we're learning a lot more, I think, than we did in 94, and so um, we're... You know we've done 20 episodes I think for 67 and the season's going to start winding down soon and we've got another big scripted episode coming up which uh, a bunch Ooh. of the the lads here jumped in to help out with so uh, it's quite we're possible really? it's quite possible you might hear a, a voice or two on that from this show. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're excited. it's uh, it's coming but that'll be coming soon and I think season 2 probably wraps up in 3 or 4 months.
1: How many total episodes this season for for nineteen sixty seven?
3: I think we're going to end up doing probably about thirty, maybe thirty five, something like Thanks. that. We did we put it out every week in season one, and I could not keep up with that schedule. <laughs> so <laughs> it was so a we lot did, of episodes. Yeah, yeah, we did a solid. I think the the season finale was fifty two, so we did a ton, and then wow. yeah, so I think we're now we're putting them out like three a month, give or take. So I think we'll end up with probably thirty or thirty five, and then. Season three, we might get back to something that we have a little more personal, you know, connection to, so that's 19, 1989 yeah so. it's gonna be almost certainly in the 80s yeah so
2: <laughs> or you do awesome. 2019
3: <laughs> get the, right before the pandemic no <laughs> so. just go straight to yeah. 2020 everyone hell wants with it. to talk about that everybody wants to talk about yeah. i don't know captain marvel i don't know captain <laughs> 2020 it's
0: so. the season of streaming
3: <laughs> yeah right remember <laughs> tenant the only movie we all saw in theaters how great <laughs> was that well so, uh.
1: Uh, well, that's great. Well, uh, you know, everyone, check out uh, it happened one year. It's available anywhere you get uh, your podcasts. So, so don't forget to check that out. Um, okay, so we're talking Christmas story now. Everybody, also stay tuned because yes, we are going to discuss a Christmas story Christmas towards the end of the episode. So, uh, I'd love to see what you guys thought about it. Um, I have my thoughts, so we'll we'll get there. But great let's solid. talk about Christmas story Joe why don't you kick it off when was the first time you saw it when did it when did it come on your radar and how big of a thing was it for you
3: yeah um I I don't know Can, I mean we're all basically the same age none of us saw it in theaters right like I would have been four I don't I don't I don't and I don't, think I don't remember kind of
0: ever seeing it in theaters I feel like did it even ever exist in theaters or was it <laughs> straight on straight, 24 to hours
3: constantly. To <laughs> straight to turner networks <laughs> like, that's straight all to i remember TV <laughs> yeah i don't really think that's a thing like even though they claim they claim it was in theaters i don't think that was a thing but again i was kind of young and then it never really had a serious re-release that i can think of so i think i it, it feels like a movie that always existed and i think that's that was one of the like the hinks sort of about this movie for me for a long time was that it felt like a really old movie and so I always thought of it as a really old movie, even though, you know, it, right. it doesn't. It, the design and everything, it's set in the past, so it has that natural feel. But it doesn't necessarily look like, you know, Miracle on 34th Street. It's not mm-hmm. obviously an older film. But I think as a kid, I never really got into it because of that. Like, it always... You know, I hadn't started to appreciate older movies until I was at least 10. Right. So I had to keep it kind of at arm's length for a while. So I couldn't distinctly say when the first time I saw it was. I have it's just something that always existed. It was it was just there and in and, and your memory. Yeah, it just lived there for and like really like it's always there to the point that, you know, any minor actor in that movie, when you see them pop up in anything else, you're like, oh, that's that person from Christmas Story. Christmas Story is the benchmark for everybody. Uh, you know, until I got really into the night stalker, like that's basically it, you know, (laughs) so I, uh, I once was at,
1: uh, there's, there's an area in in LA called travel town that's all trains and, you know, like it's a big thing for kids. So if you've got kids, you're going to probably end up at travel town, uh, at some point. And I turned around one day and it was, uh, Schwartz was, was standing right there on his cell phone with his kid. I was like, (laughs) oh man. There's somebody I ever wanted to go up and talk to. It's yeah, that guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's um, right.
1: Brent. What about you? When did you see uh, Christmas Story?
0: I mean, it's really similar to Joe, right? I don't know. I mean, I, yes, maybe it was in theaters. Definitely didn't see it in the theater. I can't recall exactly when I saw it, but I know once I started seeing it, it was it was already at the repeat. Like it was Mm -hmm. already on the 24-hour streaming. So I don't know if, Mm. you know, because it came out in 83. I don't know if mid-80s, early 90s, it it was just playing once a a winter. And then it was, oh, this is so great. We got to play it 24 hours on Christmas Eve or or not. But I certainly, when I remember it consciously, it was, uh, I was probably in high school, I was wrapping presents and I think I watched it four times in a row because it was playing just con- like I just we'd left it on. And now since then, every winter when I wrap presents, I turn it on and I leave it playing throughout like throughout the Christmas.
1: It's at its best on the sixth straight viewing.
0: Dude, it's always on in the background in my house like christmas day like i have it playing on the tv in the background
1: like now it's one it's of just, those you just get more out of uh you know the fourth or fifth time you start seeing the real magic underneath <laughs> yeah i mean it,
0: it's great it's great to have
1: play in the background yeah uh david what about you when you when you catch it
0: yeah this
2: is like this is like everybody else here it's like it's uh you might as well ask me, like, when's the first time you saw the sky? Like, what was that like for you? It's like, <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, well, <laughs> uh, so it's just because it, it's just always there, like, the, the sky was there before, it'll be there long after I'm gone. That's what this movie is. Like, uh, so you know, it I became very familiar with it on TV, and you know, I was I remember the pre 24 hour. Days, you know, so Mm -hmm. when it was, Mm -hmm. you'd have to catch it on a specific day on a specific channel, you might be on multiple channels, but you're not, you know, you, you didn't have unlimited access to it but it still felt like you were going to run into it one way or another so,
0: so it did play just like like a single run yes it oh, wasn't yeah. always it's, just 24 hours of a christmas story. i, I want to say it was was okay.
1: david you you were east coast with me was it wpix or wwor was one of those two is what ran it, it just in the individually like before yeah the probably marathon.
2: it's probably wpix i mean it's, it's yeah, probably I it 11 i don't know yeah. um but like, you know, so, the, so yeah, every local station had access to it, you know, uh, and yeah, you would just, I don't know, it just would show up. And then I think, yeah, whenever they started doing 24 hours, I was like, that's ingenious. Like, of <laughs> course, because it always
0: feels like it's on. So uh, yeah, so it's always, it's always been there. Was it 24 hours on multiple channels? I just remember it being on TNT. Like I think
3: I think it's only on one specific
1: Yeah, I think it was TNT. Like TNT. right when TNT kind of
3: started is okay. when they started doing the marathon. Isn't it but isn't it now on Two channels? I thought it was also on TBS, or was that, was I that think, only for a I period think of time? That's right.
0: No, I think it is. I think you're right. Now I that's think it's it like is now?
3: on both. Like you can yeah. watch it yeah. on either. Because I thought when it started, I
1: thought TBS had it's a wonderful life and TNT had Christmas story. And then eventually somewhere along the line that that shifted somewhere so that could be yeah
0: i feel like last year especially i remember it being on multiple channels
1: yeah i uh the first time i i remember seeing it probably i don't know it must have been like 1985 or something because i was in my basement i had the 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 old tv that used to be my grandparents that was it was color it wasn't black and white but it had the dial where you had to turn oh yeah. yeah the 13 channels oh yeah yeah so uh i remember seeing it on that and and the first scene that i saw was with you know santa kicking him in the face down the slide and i was like what is this dark dark movie like i'm never gonna watch this and then the once the marathons started happening um which kind of i i i hold in somewhat of a fond remembrance like you know the the james bond marathon TBS movies for guys who like movies.
0: You want them? Yeah. TBS has them. Movies for guys who like movies.
1: Mm-hmm. That whole era. Um, but I still avoided watching it all the way through. I would just see bits and clips, and I was like, Nah, I'm not. That's pr- like, that's not my thing. I'm, I'm never going to watch that movie. And then uh, once I moved to LA with my with my wife, it was it was a big favorite of hers. So finally, she sat me down. She's like, All right, shut up you need to watch this movie and uh and i and that was like 2003 i think
3: and i fell in love with it oh wow yeah no i mean like bloomer yeah i mean i think i think my parents were really into it and that's what dragged me into it right like because it feels like that kind of movie even though it's a movie about kids it's almost primarily a movie about the 30s and 40s right (laughs) and i think Like my parents, you know, my parents were born in the late 40s, early 50s, but it still has that kind of throwbacky thing. So I think they watched it so much that that's why I ended up seeing it so much. But I didn't really like it until later. Yeah. You know, like it was just that thing that was on, you know.
1: Well, it's a movie that has, you know, it's got levels. And, and I think as you get older, you see there's a lot more to see in it than you would have as a kid. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, our parents would definitely have identified with it. I mean, it was it was a little ahead of the, you know, settings, you know, timeline-wise, a little ahead of them, but there's still
3: enough for them to attach to. Yeah, right, exactly. And I think that that's really the kind of the weird thing about that movie. Like, compared to, I'd say, a lot of other movies that were made in the 80s and set in a different time period, is those still feel like period biopics, where Christmas Story kind of doesn't in a weird way, you know? It feels... To-
1: to me, it feels very natural, like that environment feels fully real. Yeah. Like that right. doesn't feel like a, you know, there's so many Christmas movies now with all the Hallmark, you know, or Hallmark level things. I guess Netflix is now running at a Hallmark level. But yeah, <laughs> um, you know, they just feel so false and so staged and, you know, almost like just like a commercial, like a Zales right. commercial, you know, sure. <laughs> right.
0: like it doesn't feel super polished. Like it feels just yeah. kind of, yeah. Like you were saying natural and uh, a little gritty in a, in a way. You yeah. Know? Well, it's um, like,
2: you know, messy, snowy, sludgy, uh, in the small town yeah. that has a big de- like a one downtown square. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people grew up in that shit. Um, and multiple generations grew up in that. So even though this feels, yeah, this feels like a, a little more of a nostalgia picture for my folks. And the way they grew up specifically you know it's you can attach to certain things that uh you can start to appreciate as a kid and that there's this nearly uh universal i wouldn't say universal but a relate relatable moments um in terms of the excitement for magic and and christmas uh you know cheer yeah yeah
0: yeah this i don't was... recall i don't recall ever going to a mall and seeing Santa, where there was a slide attached to oh this yeah. little mountain
2: no. Bananas. but I was yeah. always
0: I was always like, damn, that would have been cool. Yeah, I've
2: never, I've never seen him on a platform. He was always <laughs> uh. yeah. <laughs> maybe one, maybe one platform, maybe yeah. one step, up. Yeah, one exactly. step. I
3: like remember one, about, yeah. about one yeah. step, but yeah. I, I always feel like, again, we were little kids, but like, I always feel like you couldn't see Santa until you were basically at Santa. Right. Cause like, there's like adults and people milling uh, yeah, around, Yeah, people and, in the way, know, like the cameraman was always kind of in the way. Like there yeah. was no, you know, like, yeah. it felt like yeah. a lot of press. I remember feeling like a lot of pressure, like the sp- oh, yeah. yeah. You your didn't turn. want to
0: mess sp- up. You did not want to mess up in front of Santa. I, I yeah. had a
1: Santa buddy every year. Um, for Like, I don't know, till I was like six or seven. This, this 17 Stephanie, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> our parents would bring us
3: till I was till I went to college. That was it. Yeah. Sounds like a great romantic comedy starter. You right? can't I lie know, to right. me, John. I was there with you. I remember
1: Santa <laughs> Buddy. Uh,
3: but but Christmas
1: Story became my number one Christmas movie for years, so since 2003. Up until maybe a year or two ago, and then I kind of switched it with Christmas Vacation. So I used to do Vacation on Christmas Eve, Christmas Story on Christmas Day. Now I'm kind of just changing it up. No, nothing to say about their ranking, but,
3: you know, shaking it up a little bit. It I gets, had a good run then, 20 years. That's all right. Yeah, great run. <laughs> top of the mountain. It's still yeah. there. So it's
1: still, It still sits at the top, right? Yeah. <laughs> But um, all right. So, uh, David, why don't you give us a quick plot rundown for anybody maybe who hasn't seen it in a while, forgotten what it's about? They just love our show so much they listen anyway.
2: Yeah, that's crazy. People that listen to movie podcasts without seeing the movie first. <laughs> okay. They're
1: out do there. You, this is how they do. determine
0: whether or not they want to see it. It's all based on your plot summary, David.
2: I, well, I,
3: you know, don't let them down. <laughs>
2: But uh, a Christmas story is a, is a tale written from the perspective of a, an older gentleman reflecting on his the, the Christmas he had when he was nine years old, and that and it's a film about the sort of this Christmas season and the excitement and his, and some of the singular obsessions and fantasies that kids have while navigate while the adults have to also navigate what it's like to be parents uh, at
3: Christmas. So tune in folks don't know what the hell you're waiting for.
1: (laughs) Spoiler alert. Here it is. (laughs) Um, All right. So where does this, like of of all the Christmas movies that are out there, let's go around the room. What's, what's your top two or three. And is this, is Christmas
3: story in it or what's, what's the lineup like, Joe, what do you think? Well, um, I mean, again, I, I came to an appreciation for this movie later, even though I had seen it, uh, you know, a thousand times, but it wasn't something I really connected to for a long time. I I don't know. I mean, it's almost like, it's almost like critic, like hard to, to critically analyze this movie because you've seen it so many times. Mm -hmm. So it's just this sort of iconic thing. Like, it's kind of like, you know, what's your favorite episode of Cheers? Like, it's just hard because they all just live in your head sort of. So I feel like Christmas story is that problem. So i'm i'm kind of an old traditionalist when it comes to christmas movies like you know my favorite christmas movies legitimately are like it's a wonderful life and you know christmas vacations in that conversation um you know white christmas to some level Mm -hmm. you know things like that i don't know that christmas story is there for me like i i like it i admire it i don't know that i love christmas story except now that i'm nostalgic for it because i remember seeing it a lot when i was a kid it's kind of the same way that i like I'm not going to say Teen Wolf, but something like that, like something I saw a lot as a kid. And then I don't even know how much I like it anymore. I just fondly think of it. And police I think that's Academy. Where,
1: police Academy.
3: Kind of like Police Academy. Well, Police Academy 2. 2, you know? yeah. So, it's, you know. It's a warm assignment. blanket. Was that what it's called? Yeah, the first assignment. Yeah. I mean, if you want to get serious, Police Academy 5 is the one, right? <laughs> Operation Miami Beach. That's it. But,
0: yeah. you know. Oh, that's not um, Moscow? So-
1: okay.
3: That's 6. <laughs> that's 6. Okay. I yeah. know no, your
1: Police Academy. I was I was <laughs> off in my head um yeah well you know that that kind of leads to the question of like what are we each of us and i think it could be different for everybody what are you looking for in a christmas movie do you look for nostalgia are you looking for uh something heartwarming maybe both something new something old joe you lean towards kind of the the older films right
3: Yeah, I mean, that's that's sort of always been my thing. So I think like Christmas for me is that like I like a lot of Christmas stories, uh, Christmas carols, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of the other thing for me is that I can't narrow it down even from there. Like I give you my top five Christmas carols, but it's hard really even inside of that. Like, it's like, you know, it's the Muppet one or this or that. But so I'm a little more of that kind of traditionalist Christmas that way. So um, even though. Christmas story is this old feeling tale. Uh I think again, it is just a little bit something that I think of like this is something my parents watched a lot, and it's a little it's like Rudolph. I I don't like Rudolph at all. And I feel like right. but I still can kind of watch it because I feel nostalgic for it.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure. David, what about you? What's what's your top movies? What are you what are you looking for in a Christmas uh holiday movie?
2: Oh, I just need fun uh fun so you an elf
1: guy is elf up there for you
2: yeah like i'll put like if i'm gonna if if i had to pick one movie right now to like let's watch it it's a christmas movie and i want to enjoy it elf will be it like for years it had been christmas vacation but like like in christmas vacation we did that on we did that on the podcast right did we talk about
1: that we sure (laughs) did we We sure did yeah one year ago yeah it was so uh
2: but like that, that's kind of getting to a certain point where I'm not enjoying it as much, but I do I do find it really good. But uh Elf is sort of the top. But like I I like I actually wrote down like, Alistair Sim, George C. Scott, and Mickey Mouse Christmas Carols. Like, yeah. like the those I need great. I need one of those in there. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Don't um, sleep
3: on Magoo. I'm just saying. Oh, is there a Magoo? <laughs> oh, Magoo's Christmas Carol is perfect. It's perfect.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh I love a good telling of retelling of that story. So um but you know, I don't know, like maybe a Home Alone. Uh, but I haven't seen Home Alone in a long time. Oh and man, it's let's really change that. But yeah. you know, isn't that just like watching the Three Stooges? Uh, no, oh, man. I
3: just bit, no, but... no, no, no.
0: I just watched it. I just watched it like two weeks ago with my daughter. Like
3: it's it's yeah, yeah. still great. It's um, fun, but it's more violent than you remember. <laughs> it yeah. is
0: definitely, but it's like that even makes it more hilarious. I feel like to me now, like it's yeah, it's
1: really good. She loved it too, which was awesome. She was cracking up. We so, did uh we did home alone two last year oh which cool.
2: was I, I forgot
1: how much of a uh, rinse and repeat it is from the first movie it's really yeah. and just lacking just just a little bit but it, it's okay it's just uh, not you know not quite that level of the original yeah sure um, um brensky what about you what, uh, what's your what's your top holiday movies
0: well there's five that I watch each year like every year-hmm Uh and like the other guys have said, like I really enjoy like some of the older classics, and they've they've had their moment in the sun for me. Like as far as like, you know, it's a wonderful life, and you know, pick and choose any kind of uh Scrooge movie of any sort, Scrooge included. Yep. Uh, and I'm and I'm probably a fan, but but for certain, every year I watch Home Alone, which I've already done with my daughter, I watch Elf. I watch Christmas Vacation, Christmas Story, and Die Hard. And the thing is, is like every single year, like without fail. And, you know, for me, like they all kind of have similar themes that I enjoy. And that's, you know, like an uplifting ending uh, surrounded or centered around family and being with family uh, during this time of year. So mm-hmm. And I, uh, murder. <laughs> well, some in some cases, a lot of in murder. Some <laughs> I think Violent Night might be taking the 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 new the new oh, lead yeah. in, in yeah, that yeah. in that case. But but no, but that's it. You know, like those are the five. And so for me, Christmas story is still solidly in that. And again, you know, every Christmas Eve when I'm wrapping the last presents, uh, it's on. Just Repeat nice until like I fall asleep with it on like I leave it on all day. So, you know, it's just now that has become almost a tradition within itself.
1: Yeah, we do. Uh, we 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 usually do kind of a countdown that we would would start least Christmasy, just like we talk about on the podcast here, least Christmasy to most Christmasy and, and usually our top movies in no particular order. Pretty close to yours, Brent Christmas Vacation. Christmas Story, Elf, Scrooge, Home Alone, uh, 100% Die Hard, 100% because it's a Christmas movie. We've established that. Listen to it in the archives at <laughs> reconcinimation.com. It's been voted on. <laughs> die Hard 2. Don't forget that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Mupp- you know Muppet's Christmas Carol. And and then, yeah, we try, I try to work on Mickey's Christmas Carol, um, which would, I guess, I don't know, I don't know if it comes with uh, Pluto's Christmas tree.
3: Is right. that
1: part, or is that a separate thing? I always saw them together. So I always saw those
3: together too. They must have been I Mickey's Christmas Carol is only like twenty minutes long. So yeah, they're both that's Part
0: of I think that's part of Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas like collection.
3: Yeah. Wow. I mean,
1: but we'll watch that. We'll watch you know Charlie Brown Christmas. I'm sure I'm leaving yeah. some out. Love Actually used to be higher up there, but. That's a tough one to watch year after year after year. So that's that's way down there now. It's a long problematic movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Trading Places. That's in there. Now, now you're getting pretty okay. fringe. I know. Yeah. So what what we started doing the last uh, couple of years is we'd wrap all the Christmas movies because yes, we have them all on DVD, and we would randomly pick one. So it's your
0: advent calendar. So every exactly. night you get one. And exactly. That's, that's I actually like that idea. Just to, that to, to shake
1: year. it up a little bit. So pretty cool. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I, you know, but the same thing, I'm like, I'm looking for that, that happy family moment. Every, everybody coming together for that happy ending, you know, got to have just like you get in Die Hard. the family ends up together to
3: happy ending. That's right. I know you've had this debate before and I realize how the show has turned out <laughs> every, with that. But every year. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I, I've always kind of felt like, if you if it's just setting a movie at Christmas that makes it a Christmas movie that's fine but I just I don't know it kind of gives me the impression then that you kind of don't like Christmas movies <laughs> like...
4: well
1: that that's yeah that's the thing is is <laughs> you, know, you have somebody like Shane Black right who yeah. finds a way to work Christmas into like almost every one of his movies now. Yeah. But does that make it a Christmas movie? Like right. what, what a makes list, a Christmas movie?
3: I saw a list that included Kiss Kiss Bang Bang as a Christmas movie, and I was like, I don't know. That that <sighs> seems like a bit of a stretch. Like
1: I you I have know not like, seen
3: that in so long. Like Batman Returns, how Batman Returns is now just rebranding itself as a Christmas movie. I'm like, okay, it's set at Christmas, but come on. I, yeah, I they're just know. trying
0: to ride the diehard coattails on that though. That's yeah. right, the thing. Right. Because right. of the the long now the long-standing debate as to whether or not it is a Christmas movie.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah well, and that's the question, is is what makes a Christmas movie? Is it like, are you okay with it? And I guess it's a personal choice of whether it's set at Christmas. Does does that get included, or is it that it has to be about family and family togetherness and all? Die Hard of those has themes.
0: both those elements.
1: Die
3: Hard yeah, qualifies just, for both. So I would I would only say the only thing that really delineates this for me. Is because I get, I you know, any watch whatever you want at Christmas, that's fine. Like, I don't, you know, there's things that aren't Christmas movies at all that I think of as Christmas movies because of when they came out. Like, I think sure. of the Lord of the Rings movies as Christmas movies
4: mm-hmm. because they Fair. all came
3: out at Christmas and yeah. I watched them at Christmas. But I think the difference for me is, is it weird to watch this movie? not at christmas. And if it is, that's really a christmas movie. You know what I mean? You can watch Die right. Hard anytime. It's not weird to watch Die Hard in March. But if you're watching it's a wonderful life in March, like what are you doing? Like that's just not <laughs> that's not going. Yeah. So that's my that's my take on it as far as that.
1: Yeah, that and that's a that's a, that's a great way to look at it. That's a great way to look at it. Um
3: that is a fair opinion. Yeah. And, and but, I, but I don't look down on anybody who thinks that. I mean honestly, like I really think it's fine. It's just For a debate purpose to be like well is this or is this that's kind of where I come down yeah
0: yeah I think you're right I think the thing is for me the reason I include it in my Christmas movies is because now the tradition for me is to watch it at Christmas time
3: yeah yeah yeah. you're right I could watch it at Easter as well but I would rather watch it at Christmas time. right i think if you have like that you can connect to something to christmas you know i was talking to sarah about this before and it, she said about titanic because again it came out at christmas and she's like it feels like a christmas movie to me even though it's it, you know it was set in april right. but it's cold and i don't know yeah, it, yeah. it came out in december right. it feels that way so i have that with uh with
1: goodfellas and the, the the godfather just the first one that yeah when i and i think i've told this story before um when i worked at suncoast mafia movies specifically the godfather trilogy and goodfellas were huge sellers at christmas and they they have little bits of the movie that are at christmas yeah but uh we wouldn't even really have much in stock throughout the year but we would get boxes and boxes of them come november and then just they were they were our best sellers (laughs) it was yeah so i always associate those movies And, and there's others too like yeah i think it's a personal thing of like did you see it at Christmas time? Were you with family when you saw it, even if it's not a Christmas movie, then mentally you associated with that. So it becomes one. Right, right. Exactly. So yeah, it's a little personal and it's a little. Um, I, I think you're 100% right, Joe, that that if you only watch it at Christmas and you can't see yourself watching it at any other time of year, it's probably a good indicator. Leave a weapon going. you can watch any time of the year even though it is a pretty solid christmas film it is yep yeah. there you go yeah. shane black again but see yeah uh, <laughs> um all right well let's talk a little bit about christmas story and and kind of where it came from uh it's based on gene shepherds 1966 book in god we trust all others pay cash now has anybody has anybody actually read that
3: i i did read that book Joe. Book, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I've, I've read oh i've read Parts of it, but not the whole thing. I lost uh-huh. the book. Yeah, you kind of don't have to. Yeah, yeah, I mean,
3: it's, you know, only some of it relates to this movie, but I like to come prepared to reconsign animation. I'm not here just to <laughs> get a paycheck and, you know, <laughs> high five the guys. I'm here <laughs> to try to, you know, add value. So. Well, these days, the, the more you come on, the higher that check is. So, Well, one of these days, I, I plan on uh, cashing out. But
1: uh, are <laughs> yeah. framed
3: right now. <laughs> so, no, I yeah, I read it this week because I was curious. I've never read it. And I was curious, you know, what's actually in there. And yeah, I mean, it's, you know, a lot of the main storylines in Christmas story are in that book. And a lot of the, the, the narration is lifted right from that book. Mm-hmm. So, well, but... it's,
1: it's 50, it's like 15 short stories that many of which get used in the movie or put together to make the movie.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, things have changed, like things are twisted around and changed a little bit, but, um, but for the most part it is pretty straightforward and uh, I'll get into this a little bit later, whenever we come around to it. But I do have this did help me create a uh, my master theory about a Christmas story. I, I like oh, to come up with theories and you know crazy elements to throw at uh, the show. But uh, we can get into this a little bit. But I, from reading the book and re-watching a lot of these Gene Shepherd movies this week, I uh, I've come up with a, a big unified theory that I think is going to work. But oh, the Christmas, boy. but the book, the um. Uh, the book, all, these stories were all published, I think, in different places from magazines or various things. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't hold together as a cohesive book. Like mm-hmm. it, it's a little tough to read that way. And the quality is a little varying because just, you know, but it's also from a bunch of different times in Ralph's life. Mm-hmm. So he's younger yeah. and older and this and that. So so it's a little uneven, but, but I mean, the voice is very clear. It's very narratively strong as far as inside the stories, you can see the way Shepard builds these little whimsical tales and and then how that relates to what they put into the films
1: i had no idea that there was so much ralphie parker out there yeah like there's there's many there's what six full books i think that are that are
3: his story at least yeah i think at least i mean there i think there's literally a hundred and some stories like there's tons of stories that relate to that character and family i mean i think it's somewhat autobiographical like his yeah he, yeah it's he all, grew it's up all on cleveland of of street the... yeah and his brother's name is randy like i think he had all of that is in there but it's kind um, of all part of the jsu right right <laughs> so but yeah i mean he wrote a ton of this stuff so there's even there's little details now having read the book all these little details in this movie the new movie and some of the other random movies that they made that all draw from that so they're you know they a lot of attention to detail was made in shepherd's life while he was working on these and then since then so
1: yeah yeah so it must be a lot of short stories i mean not maybe not all the books are short stories but a lot of it is short stories kind of compiled i think so yeah 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 there's the so the, at least the order that i'm aware of is phantom phantom of the open hearth is the yeah. first book the great American 4th of July and other disasters. And then comes Christmas
3: story. Yeah. I think this is the, this is the movie, the movie order, right? Phantom of the open hearth was like a a PBS thing. Yes. That I I did manage to watch this week. And mostly that's just, that's just the leg lamp story. And uh, it's the plot of another book called Wanda Hickey's night of golden memories. It's those two things combined that basically make that, weird little movie, um, which is okay. It's, it's not bad. I mean, considering it's a PBS original from 76 or something like that, right? It's okay. Uh, James Broderick plays the old man and he does, you know, he's James Broderick. He's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but it's weird because Ralphie's like in high school and it's a lot about going to the prom. Like it's so it's got romantic elements that don't like, you don't think a Christmas story has no romance in it at all because he's a little kid. Um, but that's what Phantom of the open heart is. And, and it's interesting cuz again they do the whole leg lamp story but in that vintage PBS low budget way. So <laughs> so it is a little different. Miss those days. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy.
1: Well, Bob Clark, who we'll talk about in a second, ended up hearing uh hearing the I, not a a radio version of it. I don't know if it was a radio play, but it, I think it was Gene Shepard reading it reading it on the radio in 1968 and he fell in love with it and, and it took you know, it took him years to develop it and get it made. And I think, you know, like a lot of directors with their passion projects need to kind of get a few under their belt and get a name for themselves before they can really kind of put their foot down about projects they want to do instead of projects they have to do. Um, and Bob Clark has had a wide variety of kinds of movies he's made in his career. Um, Really, starting off with in the horror genre, really with with uh, children shouldn't play with dead things was like a title I, I hadn't seen. I didn't see it for a really long time, but when I worked at Suncoast, I saw the title. I'm like, what what kind of movie is this? Like, <laughs> what kind does this is title that? come from? Yeah, that's one that stands out on the blockbuster shelf. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, of course, Black Christmas, which is another holiday classic. Love Black Christmas. Yeah, that's yeah. I think, I think in recent years, Black Christmas has really gone, you know, the, the it's gone up in the respect level. Yeah. yeah it's got kind of like Carpenter, it's catching momentum for some reason.
3: I don't really know why, but it is. Yeah. I think the only reason I ever saw that in the first place was Margot Kidder because I was a kid and like, you know, I saw it when I was probably 12 mm-hmm. or something. And you know who she is. And then Olivia Hussey for some reason. I think I had just seen Romeo and Juliet or something. And, And so when I saw it when I was younger, I was like, you know, it's good. It's okay. But then later you see like, holy Jesus, like there's, there's a lot going on in that movie. It's really, you know, an effective early slasher movie. Like, yeah, Yeah.
1: it might have to be, you know, check, check back with us. 2023, that might have to be our Christmas movie of the year. (laughs) Ooh, (laughs) I'm sure Dave would love to sit and cover Black Christmas at Christmas. (laughs) Right after we get out of uh, the, the October month, we'll go right (laughs) back into horror. Yeah holiday horror David's favorite <laughs> um and then uh so Bob Clark then he then he switches over to like sort of the teen angst movie with Porky's and Porky's 2
0: oh, boy. <laughs> oh he did both
1: he did the first two he didn't I know the
0: third. Porky's Gotta 2 make that money. Porky's Revenge is that what that was yeah
3: oh yeah <sighs> or the, the next day what's which one is the next is it oh maybe, oh, maybe two Porky's is 2 day. is the next day Yeah, and Porky's right. three, 3 is Porky's, is Revenge? Porky's
1: Revenge. Revenge yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay um, who's seen Porky's in this? On on this, uh, I haven't seen it in a long time. But yeah, so that's
2: I, when I shouldn't have been watching it. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. I think when my, I was
1: seventeen,
0: I loved Porky's.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was
0: definitely one of those late night HBO movies that yeah. kept your attention as a as a young person.
1: Yeah, yeah. With a young Kim Cattrall, I think, is yeah. in
0: the first one. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: mannequin
2: herself.
0: Mannequin herself. <laughs> Which you can find in the art. No, sorry. I'm not yep. we're,
3: haven't we're we haven't done oh, Mannequin yet? we did. Oh, yeah, oh did we you? So did. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, oh. Yeah. it's
0: done.
3: Yeah, it's... Um, I'm sorry I missed the Mannequin episode. Oh, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get, get we'll you caught up on it. that. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. You can find it. John will tell you where. <laughs>
1: we'll check, out. check the archives. Nice. Right there. Uh, that was season four, so I think. But, um, yeah, Porkies is a movie that, uh, God, uh, does not, you know... Age well. <laughs> no, it's
0: like Revenge of the Nerds. You know,
3: yeah, like it's just worse, like no, yeah.
0: bad bad '80s humor that does not translate in any way at all.
3: '80s <laughs> sex comedy. It's not really yeah, a thing. Yeah. Not a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> When I was a kid, I, I just ran a I was watched this not that long ago because I was like when I was a kid I loved this movie called Up the Creek. Do you remember Up the Creek? I that one. Tim Matheson and I think Stephen First is in it. Yeah. I think I, you know, but as a kid, I loved this movie. And I, but I think I saw like the super cut version on P I X or something, and I watched it recently. That that doesn't hold up. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not working. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: There's so yeah. many of the the uh, horny teen movies of the early yeah. '80s. Yeah. Zapped. Zapped's another oh, one. Yeah. yeah. That's Scapeo, right? Just the poster alone. Classic. <laughs> so many of those early 80s posters of like some, Hard bodies. And- yeah, hard bodies. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like
2: How many- some. How many panty raids are featured in all of these movies? Would you figure? It's, like it's just it's a...
0: like it's like the crux of everything. <laughs> panty raids, yeah. It was one of like
3: the staple, like you know, man versus nature, man versus man, yeah. and man. I was so panty confused raids. when <laughs> I
0: went to college. I was like, why are there not any panty raids? I don't get it. <laughs> oh, we're not doing this anymore. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> the school, the school doesn't leave ladders out so I can Animal climb to the slide second to floor. that <laughs>
1: Oh my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a tough, it's a tough watch. I mean, I, I think Porky's only kind of. I, I don't know who's watching Porky's now. Probably only people, us, and a little older than us. And that's it. Yeah. I,
2: Any more I no, no.
0: Porky's, yeah. <laughs> ava- Porky's on. <laughs> I will say it's available on one of the streamers, though. And it, it, it like pops up. And I'm like, oh my God, really? This movie yeah. still exists? Why is this even on here?
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. But uh, back to so Ralphie Parker. Yeah, yeah let's get back. Bob Scott. <laughs> let's Thanks. get. Let's get no home. Ralphie Parker. No, no are Ralphie we talking about <laughs> <laughs> no Ralphie and Porkies. But uh, yeah, so it's interesting to see Bob Clark like where his career path went from from doing these you know graphic horror movies. You know, they're not Texas Chainsaw level, but they're um, you know they're they're serious dark horror movies to switching over to porkies and then switching over to christmas story.
0: Yeah, he, he's uh he's kind of all over the place, huh?
1: Yeah. How do you how do you connect all those dots, but somehow he did it and really, you know, quite a legacy for different reasons all of those movies. Um probably christmas story being the most popular and rewatchable yeah. of them all.
0: Well, he also did loose cannons, right? And that Oh like, yeah. Let's...
1: He, he sounds a little bit like a loose cannon, just
0: doing uh, whatever he he wishes.
1: Loose cannons is probably my all-time favorite movie poster. It's just jumping right over those Drew Struzan ones that I love. It's the Hackman, Dan Aykroyd, back-to-back. You know, <laughs> Hackman's the tough cop and Aykroyd's the wacky sidekick. You can't beat that. <laughs> the back-to-back 80s poster is just, it's gold. Wonderful, Yeah. yeah.
3: What was that? What's that Schwarzenegger oh. Jim Belushi movie that has the oh, same red, red red well, heat red heat. Yeah, yeah. Same Action kind of poster. Jackson. With the young Action. Larry with the
0: young Larry Fishburne.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But no, you're right. Bob Clark, it's odd because like it's almost like I would always talk about, like, Kubrick's film career, right? And he made, you know, this all-time great comedy with Strangelove. And he makes the all-time great science fiction movie with 2001. And, you know, jump bunch of different genres. Bob Clark essentially is that all-time great slasher movie, all-time great horny teen movie, all-time great Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, just covering yeah. things. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's really amazing. I mean, the, the variety there is just nuts. Yeah. But, um, you know... And probably like this must be his I, I'm assuming you know he's passed away but uh, th- this must be his most personal movie. I mean it feels like there's so much like I was saying earlier, the connection to reality and the bits of like real life things that are in this movie is part of what make it so great. To me, this movie's timeless like it's it's set in the late it's this vague late 30s you know I, I think in the book, it's set at 19 four, Christmas, 1940, but here there's evidence that it's like 37, 39, there's, there's other indicators here. And I think he was intentionally keeping it vague, but because it's, you know, certain things seem to happen to everybody or similar, you know, close enough versions of it happen to everybody that it, you can identify with it. So it, it doesn't, uh, I don't know, it doesn't age as badly as a certain other movies
2: yeah putting it right. between between the world wars i think was uh you know where where the where it was originally written like you know it's a it's a certain period of time that america gets, could sort of be put in a time capsule and uh you know for
0: certain generations it's just easy it's easy access yeah it's like Wholes- things- wholesome family
1: values, no war going on yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. It, all, it all feeds really well
1: and visually it it you know part of part of how he shot it it looks like an old movie like it doesn't look like an 80s movie i mean it looks like a i don't know early 70s movie at at the latest yeah
2: like it's kind that, of gross yeah the gri- <laughs> <kind> of <laughs> that,
1: gross. that grit that <laughs> grit the yeah. gritty 70s movie we always talk about yeah um you know the dark lighting it's not you know it's just it's mostly the lighting and cinematography style that that is really I mean, it's shot more like The Godfather than it is uh, Mannequin, so. (laughs) That's That's the quote of the year. Uh, (laughs) I like that that's the
3: whole spectrum, though. It's The Godfather, Christmas Story, and Mannequin. That's it. That's the whole list.
2: From Mannequin to Godfather. How gritty is this movie? (laughs)
3: The so one should write a yep. book called "From Mannequin to Godfuck My Watching Films." Oh, that's that's my autobiography. That's it. That's on your tombstone. That's, that's the one. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I don't know. I I like that look. I mean, I I like that. Um, you know, the colors of the the saturation of the colors is different. It just it does. I I like that. It's an '80s movie that feels nothing like an '80s movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. for sure.
3: And it must have been hard to do because the you know the '80s was. Oof so much. <laughs> yeah. You can see where all the porky's money went was cause they really had to like put in that effort, right? Like yeah. the filming, the locations and stuff are interesting because you know, it's set in Holman, but it's obviously Hammond, Indiana, which is, you know, it's 30 miles out of Chicago. But Hammond is such a depressing town that I think that's why they couldn't film there. Like it, there's nothing in Hammond. Like yeah. there's a casino there. Like Dave, did you ever go to Hammond for anything? I think I went to a
2: casino there. Yeah. There's just the casino, right? (laughs) Like
3: I don't think there's a downtown to Hammond. Like I don't, you know, but the only things I've ever been to in Hammond are literally the Indiana welcome center, which for years had a bunch of Christmas story stuff. Like they had these little like setups and stuff like things you would see in like the Macy's window, that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. Um, and like trinkets and the casino, which is like on a boat, it's like a riverboat casino (laughs) on Lake Michigan. Like that's it. Um, but mm. it's like recreating that, and they have to do it. I think. I think most of the exteriors are in Cleveland, right? Like the the town yeah. square and that stuff. Yes. Yeah. So like, and Cleveland's depressing. So like, I get Cleveland in the '80s makes sense. Um, but but it's being able to kind of capture that and still turn it into a period movie, mm-hmm. you know, right. in such an effective way without you know, like there's old cars and stuff, but it's it, like to your point, like it is the frame, like the 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 colors of it, and like to making it feel have this gritty old feel where it does it well, has that kind of 70s feel but it also does look like a movie from the 30s you know yeah, right yeah, but it it does, i really.
0: i feel like it also gives it some sort of credibility for being like an instant holiday classic right because it yeah. it it reminds you kind of of the older movies from that time period that that were classic at the time right and so uh i think that's kind of like my biggest takeaway from it and and how it was done and how it was set up is that it just already Seemed like a classic. Like I think we even mentioned it. It seemed like an older movie. Mm-hmm. You know, when we first saw it, like nobody saw it in the theater. But when we saw it, it just already felt like an older holiday movie that had been around for ever. Yeah, I can't
3: well, think of it. I can't think of even a lot of modern movies that are like that. Like anything you'd be like that instantly feels like an old movie, like even anything set. In old and olden times, everything still looks pretty new, right? People aren't yeah, trying looks, to capture that. It's the film. It's the, well, most people aren't shooting
1: on film anymore, but, right. you know, it's the, it's the, you know, the video, the kind of video that we're shooting on, the way we're lighting today. It's just, no one does it like an old style like that. Yeah. Well, and I also the feel rest like... of the movie is, is patterned after an old style, like visually it's, no one does that anymore.
0: Well I also feel like the the actors and the 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 cast are like they're kind of recognizable but not super household name recognizable like they feel familiar but not someone who you know like is on every tabloid or every whatever you know like they're just you know very kind of um they feel relatable.
3: Yeah, they don't feel like movie stars. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think the casting all over is is perfect. And bef- before we get to that, I, I just sure. feel like this movie, it captures nostalgia without being overly nostalgic, like not shoving it down your throat, you know, mm-hmm. like it just captures the tone of nostalgia without, you know, just really being obvious about it, which so many movies now they're just like rubbing your face in the nostalgia, you know? Right. Like, like you know, we we talked about the new Top Gun movie, Top Gun Maverick. Like it, it slams you with the nostalgia, like right off the bat, yeah. You know, immediately, <laughs> like sure giving does. you the music, that everything, like boom, right there. But um, this just captures that tone without doing all those tricks. So I don't know, really appreciate that. But casting back to casting, I think this is perfect casting. Um, you know the mother and father melinda Dillon and darren mcgavin would probably be the biggest stars in this movie mm-hmm. neither of which were major major stars I mean Darren right. mcgavin was a star from from what kolchak the night stalker yeah. and and uh, you know he was he was somebody who was kind of all over the place in the 60s and 70s um melinda Dillon had done of course close encounters uh, by that point so she was a name but not a major major star
3: So it didn't have that distraction of like stars taking over it. Sure. And I think the thing that actually works for this movie then forever forward is because that this is about it for them. Like they do stuff. Darren McGavin's in stuff for until he dies, like another 20 years. Melinda Dillon's still alive, but, but neither of them ever had big careers or another even really big performance you would point to and be like, this was a big deal that they did. Yeah. And yeah. like, I think I mean, there's something to the biggest that. thing, right. Yeah. And it locks them into that. And that you have a bunch of kid actors who don't really go on to do a whole lot of other acting, uh, especially as kids where you then relate it to stuff. Right. A little bit, but not a ton. Right. And then, and then mostly just kind of disappear. So it, it does kind of time lock the whole thing in a lot of ways and, and keeps it this pristine little thing that never really has to age because you don't have anything to point to, to, to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, create that, you know, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's not, you know, not not that, in the grand scheme of things, not that many actors have these w- movies that are so rewatchable and so, you know, or built around that, that that seeing it over and over year after year after year. Not that many actors have that uh, in their, you know, in their, I don't want to say repertoire, but they're, you know, on their credit list. And And these guys do. And yeah, it's interesting that neither of them really had another major hit again after this even not necessarily a hit in the theater, but a hit in the long, the long game. Right. Um, A big
3: cultural, like touchstone type thing.
1: Now McGavin is great in, in Billy Madison.
3: (laughs) Right. Yeah,
1: (laughs) that's true. (laughs) While not a great movie anymore, he's great in it. And (laughs) Melinda Dillon is great in Magnolia, but those are really kind of some of the only movies I could really point out off the top of my head that they were in.
3: And she's only in Magnolia a little, little bit. And, you know, it's, and again, like Darren McGavin, I want to say Darren McGavin played, I'm going to get this wrong. He was somebody's dad on like a 90s sitcom. You know, like everybody's like Elliot Gould is on Friends. And (laughs) Darren McGavin was somebody's dad on a sitcom. And I can't remember who, but he did like five episodes across four seasons Mm. of something. Yeah. But, but no, Darren McGavin's great and everything. And it was only again, later that I watched all of Kolchak. And I love Kolchak, but there's only a year of it. Right. And it was, you know, 10 years before Christmas stories. So, yeah. yeah. Um, let's stay on
1: Darren McGavin. Uh, I love Mr. Parker. He is, he might be my favorite character as me getting older, being a dad, um, you know, having, hosting many Christmases and holidays. And, and uh, I, I identify with him a lot.
0: <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, it's a clinker. That blasted stupid furnace, that gummit Damn skates.
1: <laughs> oh for Christ's sake, open up the damper, will you? Who the hell turn it all the way down again? His uh there's so many of his little bits that I think are just hilarious. Like like his battle, his ongoing battle with, with the furnace. furnace. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And the cursing that just so genius that they, they, they don't, you never actually hear him say any curses, but you know, they're all curses. They yeah. just replace yeah. them with other words. He's like, flarn.
3: He's, like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he's just the cartoon with like the exclamation point and the at symbol and like, yeah. you know, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, you know, when he says, not a finger,
1: not a finger,
3: just that right. the way, he blurts that out. like yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. His takes on things are wonderful. His, like, just little moments are just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, fragile.
1: Fragile. <laughs> I mean, that's like, you know, now everybody says that. Yeah, but of that course. Was... Ah,
3: fragile. It must be Italian. Well, I think that says
4: fragile, honey. Right? Oh, yeah.
1: It's, it's just so funny. Like, yeah. it must be I Italian. Can't...
0: I'm definitely in debt. Like, I'm definitely securely in my debt phase in life every time i see something that's as fragile i cannot <laughs> i cannot stop myself from saying fragile yeah every if,
3: time if we're ever late for anything we still would roll out we're gonna miss all the good trees <laughs> all the, all the, it doesn't even relate all the time so.
1: so um yeah like every scene i feel like mcgavin does something that I don't know. It's just kind of genius from an actor standpoint. Yeah. I mean, you can keep going, but it's just when you watch this movie, you should almost do a pass of it just watching him, even when, you know, Melinda Dillon or Peter Billingsley are are doing are you know, the focal point of the scene, just watching him reading the paper. Like he just, I
3: don't know. He feels like such a real dad. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. No, it was funny because we, you know, I hadn't watched it. We don't, this isn't a movie I watch all the time. Again, it's something you catch bits of when it's on on Christmas Eve. But we sat and watched it the other night. And I was like, we were kind of saying this like, Darren McGavin is so committed in this movie. Like, he's yeah. all yes. in. And for a movie that, like, you don't know, you know, they couldn't have known what this was going to become, you know, like this is just, you know, Gene Shepard, like just sort of an oddball thing. But just watching him, like, once after they break the lamp and he doesn't even have any lines and he's just standing there with the lamp and he's just like, get the glue. And he's so mad and just everything. And like his physicality and everything is so incredible. Just yeah. in that little moment, and like, he is so committed. <laughs> like he's all in on this. <laughs>
4: you use up all the glue on purpose.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, the leg lamp is such, I mean, now it's such an iconic thing. I remember when, when we first, when I, you know, late to the party, first started watching this, we were like, we're all about trying to find a leg lamp. And then by by like two thousand seven, like Warner Brothers had figured out how to market this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So now you see Christmas story stuff everywhere, all yeah, over right. the place. Yeah. But I have uh, Christmas
0: story uh uh pajama pants.
1: There you go. They're awesome. Yeah. Do you have Christmas story under Nope.
0: Just <laughs> pajama pants.
1: Just okay.
0: They're hot, man. They're like friggin'. Like, I don't even know what they're made up to. <laughs> Fucking sweaty <Asbestos>. Christmas store.
1: <laughs> they're made out of asbestos.
3: They're, I mean, they're not from 1983, defense. man. No, they're
0: from
1: 1939. That's <laughs> yeah, that's right.
3: They're just wool. It's 100 wool.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're warm um, as hell. His uh, his fight with the the bumpuses and the dogs, the neighbors' yeah. dogs. <laughs> yeah. Like there's so, you know, it's this movie really is a bunch of segments put together, just like the short stories. It does feel that way. Yeah. Um, you have your on, ongoing storyline with Ralphie and his, uh, his you know, his wish to uh, get what he wants for Christmas, the Red Ryder BB gun, and his battle with Scott Farkas and, and the you know, the bully and, and what's going on at school but like the parents and some of the other characters really just kind of come in and out. So it does feel segmented like that. But (laughs) Mr. Parker's is just, it's just, they're all genius. Like every, everything that he touches is gold
3: in this movie. Yeah. There really isn't a bad part of this movie I mean but I think that's you know it was the the way that they chose the stories and such but but like I also realized like gun to my head I have no idea the order of events in this movie like if you would like I was just trying to think while we were watching it like I always thought that the fight with Scott Farkas is much later in the movie and then I also thought that like but I, I thought going to see Santa was much earlier and I think it's just because I never watched this movie straight through. I always just kind yeah. of catch it, you know? And yeah. so it's almost it's the movies is the kind of structure proof in that way, where you could watch it in any order and get the same experience. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't, yeah. need. It. it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. They're all, they're all so good individually that it just doesn't matter what, what order it plays. It's it's, there's no real continuity like that. Right. <clears throat> Other well, than fun- that, it leads to Christmas. Right.
2: I think what's interesting is that I don't think this is intentional at all, but it is sort of like go go back to your own childhood memories of Christmas time. Like this is, it would be structured like this. You kind of have little moments that you remember, but you don't have like a narrative, you know, like uh, that, that's so solid, but you know, you would do have those overarching things. That's just, I mean, I guess that's just memory, but like to to pin it on Christmas, like specifically and sort of the, there is one over, you know, the, the red rider BB gun is the Mm -hmm. the is this main focus um this touchdown but otherwise it's just it's just like well this is just how i remember growing up sort of you know in the same the same way this happened and then there was also this story and then the the friends are involved and the family's involved and then it's a fantasy and then it's you know you're daydreaming and it's like it's all it's all kid-like um in its memory
1: that's a good call to to compare it to memory, because like like for us, you know, growing up like our, our Christmas memories, like was that like Christmas 86 or 87 or 88 and maybe the other one was 87. Like it doesn't matter. The mm-hmm. order
3: of it doesn't matter. It's just the memory that does. Right. Yeah. This is actually leads into the big theory that I came up with reading oh. the book. Ooh. because the thing with the book is because, again, the stories were just taken from magazines or from wherever they had been published and put together. And so then the fact that the, the movie in any way is based on this book is already confusing. Like, it's this isn't meant to all hold hang together this way. But my theory is that if you take the movie and you just take it from the perspective of the narrator, that everything's going through the narrator, everything you're seeing is from him. It's not like you're reliving any of this. You're just getting this version of it. The Right. Like, That actually none of this takes place on the same Christmas that this is that's why you can't pin down what date it's from there's all of this Snow White stuff then there's all of this Wizard of Oz stuff so it's 38 or it's 39 there's no references to World War Two but then there are soldiers at the beginning at the the windows so that's Mm kind of weird so like that points to more this might have been later Um, but then even like. The little details like the look magazine is apparently from 1937 and so then there's like all of these little things. So my theory is if you take it through the narrator's eyes, the narrator is just telling you about all of this stuff. And in that same way it doesn't really pin down like all of this was happening at once, this is just all this stuff that happened at Christmas right and so then because of that you don't need to really time lock it into any one this is, this is definitely Christmas 38 or this is definitely Christmas 39, something like that. There's parts of the book where he's seven and they talk about going to the Chicago world's fair, which is in 1934. So like even inside of like his own established timeline of stuff, it's not real clear when things are taking place. So that's my kind of theory. I realized reading the book and then rewatching the movie again. I think that
0: theory feeds in pretty well with also the latest. uh, Right
1: movie that came out oh yeah yeah. all right well we'll, we'll let's we'll circle back we'll to get that there we, but we, yeah we i think there.
0: i think that's a pretty solid
1: uh theory that, I, that that would hold water for the entire uh jscu right the gene I Shepard so.
3: cinematic universe i mean if you want to talk about ollie hop noodles uh, uh <laughs> <laughs> haven yeah. of bliss i've got a little on that but uh, it works <laughs> for that too yeah
1: yeah um yeah that's interesting wow yeah that that's i think you you nailed
3: it there it's i had never thought about that in, in that detail before i just i you know i i've always kind of grappled with that it's like well when is this i just want to know like when yeah. is this set like when are they trying to claim that this is set because it doesn't really work and then they're like oh it was purposefully vague i was like eh, but that doesn't really it still doesn't sit right with me so then i kind of tried yeah, well to, even how even else the- can you look at it narrator wise Right, yeah. even the
0: editing kind of feeds into that too, you know, because there are like the fades and the, the fade outs and the fade ends and all that. Like that could, yeah, you could, you could don't be know how much time is, yeah, yeah, is lapsed in those. Yeah, they do the like,
2: circle out, like you know, like you're yeah. watching a uh, like a, a short at the at the you know at the yeah. at the nickel at the Nickelodeon.
3: Like, yeah, <laughs> and it's also even like the way the little stories kind of set up and pay off all happen very quickly. It's not like except for the Red Rider story and then the farkas Grover Dill stuff for the most part, it's just like, well, they introduced that there's the, the little orphan Annie Dakota ring. And then mm-hmm. like a, a scene and a half later there, it wraps it up and it, and everything is kind of yep. that way. Yeah. And so I think because it is chunked out that way, and I guess I just remembered it different. I remembered like, well, they set this up and then and, like everything starts paying off at the end. And that's really not how the movie works. That's not how it functions at all. Yeah. 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 Uh, within
1: all of those, I, I think for me personally, and I'm guessing a lot of people, what, what there's so much to identify with in each of those segments, like the relation, the father son relationship, like there's something, there's so much real there. The the, the mother son relationship, mm-hmm. the relationship with his friends and going to school and the peer pressure there of the, you know, the, the tongue on the pole, which is a great scene, obviously, but like the weird peer pressure things, the stupid things like you would do as young kids together and the Double dares. Double dog and... dare you. Yeah, exactly.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Scott
3: Farkas. Scott Farkas, what a rotten name. We were trapped. There he stood between us and the alley, Scott Farkas staring out at us with his yellow eyes. He had yellow eyes, so help me God, yellow eyes
1: the bully like the like there was there was a bull for me on my way home there was a, a bully i would get dropped off and i forget which like school i was coming home from i think it was like fifth grade i would get dropped off and have to walk through like this person's yard to kind of cut to where my street was and there was a kid that went to a different school that lived there that if I was walking through there when he was there, like he was going to try and fight me. And then, you know, so like, and until one, like it went on and on and on and I would run away and run away and I was scared, you know, and then one time, I, I think it was just in the wrong mood and, and went at it with him. And, and that was, it was one of those stupid fights, but like, you know, but that was it, then it was over. And and yeah. like that ne- kid never said anything to me again. So. <laughs>
3: See, I didn't have that problem when I was in high school, I was friends with Dave Munchak. So, yes. <laughs> So, I was getting, getting bullied, I turned the munchak on them. I was yeah. like, I'll <laughs> Yeah, I'll be all right. The Broad Street uh, bully. That's right.
2: By the way, who is everyone in the the flagpole scene? Uh, because I'm definitely the Ralphie guy who's going to be like, Yeah, the bell rang. I gotta go. Like, I <laughs> gotta go. Like, I yeah. want to help you. I feel bad. I have to go. Come
4: back. Come back. Come back. Come back. The bell rang.
2: But some one of you has to be a flick or a Schwartz. I can't am I no? I I'm know. flick, right? Like uh, I'd probably, probably be Schwartz.
3: Yeah. I'm flick. Yeah. If if well, somebody told me like, oh I dare you to do this, I'd probably do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm an idiot, I'd probably do that. And then we'd all leave you. Right, right. And I'd be like, you know what, I deserve this.
1: <laughs> but the bell rang
0: yes yeah. i'm know. probably just some random kid in the background <laughs> i don't want to be associated for, with looking for head. a sandwich
1: there's that
2: one tall kid and he's got like a like a beret it's not a beret whatever that style hat was, I, I <laughs> was like that's cool that's a cool looking hat yeah. <laughs> like,
1: you just be that kid. Young... holy
3: cow it's the fire department
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i think that
3: yeah
1: <laughs> i think that's the same kid technically yeah um peter billingsley was I mean, this is his shining achievement as an actor, at least. He's yes. in one
3: pretty good episode of Who's the Boss, but yeah.
1: Yeah, well, he was mostly TV before this, right? TV and commercials. And, I think so, yeah. Um, Some TV I think movies, he was, I think. Yeah, I think he was hosting a TV show. Like He was like the kid host of, of I can't remember the name of it, but. <laughs> what the? The Tonight Show? <laughs> he sat <laughs> yeah. in for Carter. Johnny Carson Show, what? <laughs> he was... Uh, a familiar face at the time. And, you know, this is such an iconic movie, but he really stopped acting not long after this and then ended up segueing years later to a really, really successful producerial career. Mm-hmm. He, um, you know, he ended up being partners, I believe, with Vince Vaughn and runs his production company. So a lot of Vince Vaughn movies, you're going to see Peter Billingsley's name as one of the producers.
3: And I think he still had little parts. He's an elf, right? Doesn't he have a yes. little part now? Yeah. I mean, look, yeah. now he's a yeah, little. He's part, yeah. been yeah, he's... in
1: multiple uh, you know, Christmas movies. I think he was yeah. a producer on Elf, too, because I think he that was would make sense. for a while yeah. with Favreau before mm-hmm. you know, yeah, he, he went he, to he's Marvel. He's one
0: of the producers on Iron Man. I mean, he's. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah Billingsley's doing okay. I don't yeah, think yeah, he's yeah. you know, yeah. very <laughs> successful. So, <laughs> But fine. yeah, he's great in Elf, and it's cool to like connect him to two of the most major, you know, holiday films. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But he's so good in this. Like he's so just believable. again, authentic, like feels really authentic. Doesn't feel like a kid actor. Um, You know, sometimes you don't always know what you're going to get with with kid actors that it's going to feel really natural like this one, or it's going to feel like they're trying to remember their lines. Right. Um, So I think this was, this was perfect. And it was uh, Keith Coogan, who we talked about in our adventures in babysitting episode, Sean Astin, Will Wheaton were all up for the role of, uh, of Ralphie. And I don't know, I guess maybe Sean Astin, maybe I could see Sean Astin as,
3: as Ralphie. Maybe what's Goonies Goonies is 85. Goonies would have been after this. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess so. I mean, Build. I mean, Astor was a good kid actor. That's that it's hard to argue. Yeah. With. yeah.
0: Yeah. As long as it since it was before Goonies, yes. But, it, uh, anything post Goonies, I think would have like, then he becomes the kid from Goonies, right? And it's like right. a distraction, yeah. right? But yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, it's like I always know what's his name, Flick. I think he played Encyclopedia Brown on HBO or something. Was that him? Know? Oh, my. I think that wow. was him. Let me see. And I read all those. I, my older, my older siblings had Encyclopedia Brown oh, books. So when I was it. a kid, I would read all these books. And I think was he? I think he let me. I'm gonna check while we're talking.
3: All right, you you, you check the Rekinstoniputer. He was the only other actor that I remember from anything from as a kid. So like I, Schwartz, as as good as Schwartz is in this movie, I don't remember ever seeing him in anything. But at least Flick was in The Toy, and I remember seeing The Toy as a kid. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and yeah, that's yeah, at least a major movies. movie, but. Um, but that was it. Yeah. yeah. I guess,
2: uh, you know what? Maybe he wasn't, I don't think he was the, all right. I guess he wasn't encyclopedia Brown. I could have sworn it was him,
1: but they're I... also flick and Schwartz are also great. You know, they're great in this movie. Really oh good. My God. Yeah. 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 And, and his brother and, and, um, uh, uh, what's his name?
3: I forgot what I've his brother's name. Randy. Yeah. He's pretty effective. I mean, he doesn't have a ton to do, but he, he does, he does well with what he's got.
1: Yeah. He's great. He's giggling with the food, the mashed potatoes. Right. And then, yeah. You know he, where he's in that huge um, snowsuit. You know yeah. where he can't even put his arms down. Yeah, <laughs> I love the mother. You know Melinda Dillon's relationship with uh, with Randy. I think yeah. I think there's that's adorable.
3: Yeah, great kind of like you know not even a probably a C plot line, but yeah, um, yeah. Him just sitting underneath the sink and she brings him the milk. I don't know why. Yeah. It's really really nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's like it feels like there's so much history in their right. relationship accepted weirdness like yeah. this, this is just what this is
1: yeah which is is part of you know uh, parenting and with kids like y- you do things that to an outsider are completely strange and weird but to you like this is just what works you know yeah, yeah.
0: this whatever gets the job done yeah exactly
1: <laughs> and it's fine yeah. <laughs> um yeah, Melinda Dillon is uh, kind of uh, one of the I, I don't know, I would say she's sort of for, one of the forgotten heroes of this movie. That she's not one of the first people you think of when you when you think
3: of this, but she's so great also. Yeah. Right. I think she's reacting a lot. So I think that's hard. It's hard to stand out almost as the straight man to Darren McGavin being so yes. so big, you know. Yeah. But she's real effective. I mean, really strong. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. like her her reaction to the leg lamp and the way she yeah. plays that out like is like you know how much <laughs> she hates it and that she's behind getting rid of it but like the way yeah. she performs it is uh really well done
3: yeah and she's great in the dream sequences like oh, the, yeah. dream sequ- oh, yeah. the
1: fantasy sequences are, yeah. are one of my favorite parts about this whole yeah. movie. Just and
3: her with the, her in the Black Bart sequence and then her with the teacher when she's dressed like the like the jester, just wonderful. <laughs> just wonderful. Yeah. 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 Um, those sequences are so much fun and
1: again feel very real to what a kid's fantasy would be like with them as the hero and him going blind, you know, and, yeah. and the parents mm-hmm. begging forgiveness and yeah. yeah. <laughs> so great. <laughs>
0: Brought you to this lonely stage. Ralph, oh, please tell us. No matter how it hurts, what did we do?
2: Oh, no, I, I have. Oh, please, please. I must know what we did. What
4: brought you to this? Please, please, please.
2: It, it, it was. Yes, yes. So poisoning. Oh.
4: <laughs> oh, how can we do it? Well, I'll we'll manage to get along
3: somehow.
1: Um, and then, and then their relationship with each other is Ralphie and the mother are, are, you know, really probably your most emotional relationship between them because she's dealing with him with when he's having real feelings, you know, when when he beats up, when he finally. Uh, you know, gets one over on Scott, Scott Farkas, that, which is a great name, by the way, great, uh, yeah. great, great name. Yeah. Uh, played by Zach Ward, who's still around quite a bit. Um, When he finally beats up the bully and he's crying, like he's just bawling. And, and I don't think he even knows why he's, he's crying, he's just overcome with emotion and the way she, you know, he handles it. He
0: slayed great. the demon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Even just so acting. much adrenaline, like, yeah, yeah. 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 It's just feel, just
3: overwhelming feelings just coming, coming out. Yeah. The um, other thing with that that I never noticed before, because, again, it was the same. It's the pattern of the movie, is when you get to that point, right, where he's lying in bed and he's scared because his dad's coming home, we've already gone through the whole thing where the old fudge scene and his dad sells him out to his mom. So then he's got the soap in his mouth. So you just expect that to happen. And the fact that it doesn't is actually... Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if it reflects badly on the dad, but that's, I think, why that scene works so well, you know, Mm -hmm. because you've come off of that. And it's just not remembering the course of events in the movie that I just never thought about that before. Mm -hmm. But the fact that like, then like his next thing is like, well, my, you know, relationships with my mom was, was always better or something from that point forward. Like it's, it's an interesting to put those two scenes together.
1: Yeah. Again, it's just more
3: things about this movie that feel authentic. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and there's I think again, like because you s- we see this movie so much, it's kind of critic proof. It's hard to really analyze it, but the more you see it, you can you start to see that there was more of an overarching kind of plan with some yeah. of this stuff. It's not yeah. just a bunch of random stories so right
0: yeah, I mean, it's a bunch of random stories, but they do have a couple like through lines to kind of tie them mm-hmm.
3: right. they found ways to to, to link meet, them to, knit this to link together. them yeah.
0: so that it could so that it could be. Built as one. Right? Yeah. Ralphie, what would
3: you like for Christmas? Horrified. I heard myself blurted out.
0: I want
2: an official Red Rider Cup in action 200 joins while air. No.
3: Shoot your eye out. Oh, no. It was the classic mother BB gun block. (laughs) You'll shoot your eye out.
1: And the Red Rider uh, BB gun storyline is also great in that, you know, they, they set it up that the parents fear they don't want him to have this thing because he'll shoot his eye out right mm-hmm. and of course that's pretty much the first thing that happens is he mm-hmm. almost almost shoots his
3: eye out like yeah that's just
0: dumb that's just dumb luck
3: it is but it's great storytelling too that yeah, it comes for around sure. like that but also how great is it that it's his dad that gets him that gun? Yeah. Right. Because it's the yeah. same thing. It's like it has to like you You already have this weird contentiousness between them, but it's always just accepted because he's the dad. Right. Yeah. Like, I never, you know, if you, your dad gives you a hard time, you don't think like, well, I'm at odds with my dad about it. Yeah. But in this case, the fact that that's how the dad story in any way kind of redeems mm-hmm. with Ralphie is really nice. You know? yeah. Which is where, you know that element
1: comes around for Christmas Story Christmas. Like, right. that's a big part yeah. of it. So that's we'll why watch. that movie, I think, works as well as it does. Uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, we're latching sure. onto that exactly what you just said. Yeah. But can you imagine? So they almost cast Jack Nicholson as the dad.
2: It <sighs> imagine it would, would be the Jack Nicholson show, right? Yeah, it would be yeah. the Jack Nicholson
3: show I mean, look, It'd be all about the dad. At that Jack would have been great. I mean, Jack's great. Oh, Jack sure. would have Jack would have been yeah. great in that kind of part. But yeah, it would have forever. You just remember this as well. It was that weird Jack Nicholson Christmas movie. It, right? it would yeah.
1: th- That's the thing is, it, it would have changed this movie entirely. Yeah. It would he would not have been? That being said, he same year he did Terms of Endearment, where he he does take a s- s- very small role, memorable yeah. but small. So who knows? Maybe he would have kept it small. But I just think at the time, I don't know. Probably wouldn't have.
2: We would right. just be too enamored by like you know, audiences would just be.
0: That's all we were talking about is Jack Nicholson.
3: And it would have made it a much bigger movie, too. Yeah, like like,
0: I think part of the charm of this movie is I think every single one of us feels like at some point we discovered it, even though it played all the time. It's like, I don't think I had ever heard of it until it was part of almost the fabric of my life. Right. Like, so if it was a Jack Nicholson movie, like it would have been one of those things that would have certainly been more apparent and more Mm -hmm. uh publicized and as you were saying joe just
3: more well known right right and but yeah no i don't know in 83 how that would have worked you know because even look at like nicholson's career around that time like yeah there's terms of endearment but also he's coming off of like reds reds is another small part red uh,
1: silkwood ironweed yeah, like the all postman always rings
3: twice like he's making yeah. strange you know awards baiting kind of stuff but yep, yeah. not big mainstream fare in the same way in terms of a difference a big hit but but he's you know, in it, it for 15 minutes like, right he right. does get that oscar but like, does, like it is yeah. you know it's still like this doesn't fit in with all of that so it's yeah. a little odd like yeah well he jack yeah. doesn't like what is it
1: witches of eastwick it's the first maybe yeah. big hit and then batman it's like 87 yeah yeah that's and a once, later. once Batman's out, forget about sure, it. Sure, sure.
3: But I think it's all those years after The Shining, right? Like Nicholson's post-Shining yeah. career is so odd. And yeah. I, Maybe it was just because The Shining took so long, but it's like, I'm going to do some small parts. Like, I'm going to, yeah. you know, do. I go on to do Shining three Shining took somewhere. a lot
0: out of him. He's like, right. I just need...
3: Right. I just don't want to film for two years again. Like Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you think his mentality would have been so warped from doing The Shining <laughs> that he does this super method Christmas story? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they <It's laughs> really filming dark. Cleveland for a year. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we like, still in Cleveland?
0: <laughs> no one will get in the BB gun. He's just like, I'll I'll shoot your eye out. You're just like, oh shit, Dad's oh, no. gone
3: crazy. <laughs> He's gonna kill the dogs. They all, ate the turkey. All Christmas and no play. Yeah. <laughs> so you know,
1: looking back on it now, and I think we've probably answered this question multiple times over, but we uh, we still feel like we connect with it as much now. Um, Joe, maybe, maybe not since you maybe didn't ever connect with it on the biggest level, but
3: yeah, I mean, again, I think I appreciate it more now, or I think I look back on it nostalgically where I feel like my parents liked it because they were nostalgic for the time period. Now it's just me for the eighties, I suppose, Mm -hmm. and, and growing up and seeing it so much then. But, um, it's again, it's still like a movie I admire, but it's almost like looking at a painting. Like, it's not like experiencing a movie you don't i don't go through it the same way like i I don't know i don't know i don't know exactly how to explain it but it's not it's not something that i ever really connected to in that way where this oh this is this great movie and you know i just love it like i recognize that it's great but it's always been a little a little hard to like wrap my arms around it and really and really connect to it the same way where I think that if you look at even Christmas vacation, as funny as Christmas vacation is, Christmas vacation still has that same family. We're all in this together and it's funny, Mm -hmm. but it has little touching moments. Like I can connect more to like Clark Griswold sitting in the attic, watching that little film strip than all of Christmas story. Like, I don't know what it is. I just, it's just, uh, just different enough for me. I think, see, I think there's a lot of
1: people who feel watching this movie, feels like Clark watching those old home movies. Yeah. You know, the yeah. same kind of feeling in both. Yeah. yeah. Could be Th- that's, not. that's how I, that's how I feel when I watch it, even though I didn't see it till later. Like I, right. I remember my childhood and my Christmases with my family
3: and, um, you know, those memories. So. I think part of it too, is having kids must change the view of that movie. Right. I mean a little bit, and I don't think that's an exact entirely fair, thing to bring to looking at any movie really. But I think because that movie is so centered on, that is so much about looking at things as a kid, the holiday and your family and how you relate to your parents and stuff like that, that when you become a parent, it must change that. And so, because I don't have kids, I think that that, that's why it it, it still has a little bit of a distance to me. I don't think of it in that kind of way as a parent kid movie even though clearly that's the main, the main thing, the main yeah. conflict mm-hmm. or anything in the film. Yeah.
2: I mean, so yeah, Joe, like, it sounds like you're describing it. It's like, it's hard to connect with. It's like trying to have an emotional reaction over the Pepsi logo. Like, right. There's this, there's this thing, there's this thing, but like, Wait, you know, not will <laughs> really look at the Pepsi logo. <laughs> um, but it uh, I, I think that's that's kind of where I, I after viewing it from start to finish, this time like i kind of resonate with that same feeling like this is now foundational kind of thing but it's always there it's kind of it's it it has a it has a rhythm to it that or a melody that you can you can pick out of a crowd but like i don't i don't necessarily need this movie anymore you know um i i you know it was uh it was part of the tapestry of growing up for me and at that that season but it was like this was nice, but like it's this is like this is like that that set of memories. Like there's no real reason to dwell on it. So I was surprised by this. I'm like, oh, this isn't as re- this isn't as rewarding as a re- like a rewatchable movie as I thought mm-hmm. it might
3: be. You know what I mean? But it's, it's almost the, like it's almost like having the U log on, right? And it's just playing like instrumental Christmas music and it's just kind of nice. And you're just like, it's yeah. this it adds to Christmas, but it's not its own thing for me. Like, it's not like an event, like let's put on Christmas story. That's not really there for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. See, it's different for me, for sure. Like I, it still connects with me quite a bit. Like the nostalgia of it, like it's almost to the point now and i bring it, you know, you brought up kids and everything, but you know, when I was growing up around this holiday time, one of the things that I loved was, you know, my mom would always, sit us down and we would watch Christmas movies that she loved as a kid and things like that. And kind of like handing down the, the movies that, that she was a fan of as, as a little girl growing up like Miracle on 34th street and things like that. And like, I do that now with the, this movie and others, you know, like where it's like, this one certainly has a huge nostalgia factor because of, you know, just the fact that it was always on in the background, like a Yule log, during Christmas and when we were wrapping presents and things like that, like all these memories from basically like high school till now, like this brings all those things back, like anytime I have it on. So for me, like it still hits pretty, pretty hard, especially now, you know, my mom's passed away. I don't have that. Like it always kind of really like brings some of those back. And it's, you know, it's, a, it's yeah. not for everybody, you know, but for me specifically, like personal connection to it you know, like it, it kind of has that, that, um, that draw to it for me. And, and, and that's why, you know, still to this day, like when I, I have this other tradition, you know, like wrapping the presents, putting it on, having it play with my kids who could care less that it's on, but like it's on, you know? Yeah. yeah so
1: yeah. that's, that's kind of how it's become for in my house. I think everyone else is kind of, I don't want to say over it, but they've, they've seen it enough, you know, yeah. That I'm 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 the only one left who really wants to watch it. So it'll be on in the background. I'm watching it. They're doing other stuff. So um, yeah, yeah. I I feel like I still connect with it. That I can still latch into that feeling of that that Christmas morning as a kid and coming you know out and opening the present. That feeling of like oh you know here's a bunch of presents. Like what could they be? That 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 feeling I still get when I watch this movie. So uh i'm going to keep watching it until that feeling uh, disappears which will be next year probably But <laughs> yeah. yeah
2: well and just uh i kind of took a quick peek apparently like turner took over the rights exclusively in 91 and they okay. would they would rent they would put them on tbs tnt and tcm uh, over the course of time then they had in '95, it aired over three different channels, a combined six times for over three days, like right at Christmas, like yeah. And it was so successful then they did eight, and then in '97 is when they started the TNT marathon, um, and then then they uh, then they had it on TBS as well, and then TBS and TNT would run it both, yeah. And now it's it's still it's still going, um, yeah, So It's been ti- on both channels.
0: That timeline fits in exactly. Yep. <laughs> yep where yeah. that's
1: it where so, my head's
2: at yeah anyway i i remember the those late 80s early 90s days of like oh it's gonna be on I got we gotta get our one chance to see it
3: and it was random though right like i mean i kind of remember just being on you know middle of the day just whenever but it well, seems like, like you those, just caught it all the time like yeah like know. those
1: pix movies it was just right yeah. So, yeah, Saturday afternoon movie or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think right. I
2: think before Turner got the exclusives, like yeah, I think we you'd see it for years on yeah. the Saturday
3: afternoon movie or whatever.
0: So. Yeah, I don't think I saw it before Turner got the right, and then and uh, then once Turner had it, I, I like yeah,
3: it was all the time. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's like the kind of movie we just taped off of TV. Like my parents just watched to death, you know, yeah. it just one of those things. Mm-hmm. So that's I think how I would have seen it more so even than it was like it was on TV a lot, but. You know, but it's like, remember, like when it's a wonderful life was on TV a lot. And then Mm -hmm. because it was there was there was like a lousy colorized version of it and stuff like that. yeah. And it was just always beyond. And then finally they locked it down. Like we're only showing it once, you know, and I think that's where Christmas story had to get. But. Um, but no, I think the reason I saw it so much was just like we were a big like let's tape this off of TV and watch. You know, so I've seen cut versions of things, and then I get surprised when I see you're like, versions. wait <laughs> a like, second, that's not in there. This what? is
0: the director's cut.
3: <laughs> <laughs> this is the regular movie. I saw the cut version of Greece so many times that even now when I see it, any I'm like, this what is this? Like, <laughs> like, real pussy wagon? What? Like, uh, always shocked. <sighs>
1: You know, just going back to the scene that that was the reason I didn't watch it for years. the, the you know the Christmas uh, or the Santa in the store. Watching it again, it's still it's still really messed up. It's like, oh, it's dude, so it's like dark. a
0: surreal, dark, absolutely. Yeah the, yeah, the
1: the lens they're using, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's for sure. Like scary, a horror yeah. scene. and like even that has
3: an unreality to it outside of that like when they come up you like you keep hearing santa saying the same stuff in that scene like it's you think well maybe it's just a continuity glitch or something but think of it more like think of it in terms of like you see all that pov stuff with ralphie and like it spins around and it's real disorienting and you know like kids are screaming and you know it's 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 a, a you know it makes sense that that guy directed uh, Black Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and underneath it too.
1: Like what's probably happening is that Ralphie's seeing behind the beard or under the beard. That right. these are people playing characters um who it's a job to them. They don't want to be there just like a lot of other people don't want to be at their jobs. They just want to go home and whatever you know yeah so uh Uh, see to me it
0: kind of represents that nervous energy you were talking about earlier when you're like meeting santa claus as a young kid and like not wanting to mess up and everything just seems like kind of larger and more grandiose mm -hmm. than than it really is right but it's it's like portrayed in the movie in a way that comes off as like you know kind of surreal like to, to ralphie it's like you know this is his moment like he's got one shot at like getting this red rider and then there's just all this chaos happening around him you know
1: yeah yeah, yeah. well um, all right let's talk a little box office glory shall we shall we see how it did and then we'll uh, we'll come to the new movies all right so Christmas story comes out November 18th 1983. So that's just before Thanksgiving. Uh, It had a $3.3 million budget, so pretty low budge. Uh, It ends up with a $2 million opening weekend. It debuted number three against Amityville 3D and The Night in Heaven. Um, It ended up between The Big Chill, which was in, I forget how many weeks that had been out, but it had been out a few weeks. Uh, That was number two. And then Never Say Never Again, the not a bond movie sort of bond movie yeah sort of bond (laughs) one Uh, of my favorite not bond
0: movies
1: (laughs) Uh, and it was actually pretty steady at the box office it ended up with a 20.2 million dollar domestic run so big hit um and it stayed i think 15 16 weeks at the box office um it was uh it ended up number 36 of 1983 right between the dead zone and breathless
4: nice oh my yeah
1: so yeah, it ended up doing okay for a three million dollar budget, making twenty. Uh, that's pretty good theatrical run, but obviously, the legacy was going to be its home video and uh, you know running on TV for sure. So and it's hard. I, I couldn't really find any exact stats on that, but they had to make double that at least over the years. Oh my, not more. Oh, thank yeah, you. yeah. So you know, ends up being a a huge, huge success. Um, You know, that that greatly, uh, its legacy greatly outlasted. It's uh, how it ran theatrically. So, yeah, it um, almost,
0: it it feels like the most widely known cult classic (laughs) ever.
1: Yeah, it's almost the definition of it.
3: Yeah, I, I was trying to think, like, what would be the most, like, seen, movie like that, you know, that's not a great big movie to start or something, but then becomes Mm -hmm. just so ingrained and has so much iconic stuff in it. You know, I mean, besides, if you, again, if you remove gigantic hits, Star Wars and things like that, like what, what, what is the next thing that everybody can point to and be like, not only has everybody seen it, but everybody has seen it a ton of times. I Um, don't even know what that movie is. I know what it is. Cobra. <laughs> I think we talked about Cobra last. Ding ding. It we should talk about it every up. week until oh, we man. do it. <laughs> oh wait, you never did Cobra then?
1: Not yet. It's oh. it's coming. It's oh, coming. Man. Um, but there were That's a good were... question. Now
0: I want to now I want to see if I can figure out an answer. I'm not going to be able to do it off the top of my head here, but I'm going to Yeah, search. I don't
3: yeah. I don't have anything like nothing immediately occurs to me like that that would be that widely seen. I think holiday movies are are a safer bet, but even then I couldn't Tell you exactly what would be something that everybody like has the, seen,
2: like the Princess Bride kind of sort of situation. Something. I was I mean, thinking,
3: like, wisely, like, like, or like, what about yeah. Christmas
1: vacation? I mean, another Christmas movie, but Christmas, Christmas vacation. vacation. Yeah, but
3: I mean, I again, feel but like
0: these... Christmas vacation had like a some sort of a base audience already established based off. The
3: yeah, other that's vacation, a third movie. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, but but see, the... again, all these movies we're mentioning are from when we were all like eight. You know, yeah. so like, there's something mm-hmm, to that, right? Right, mm-hmm. but. I don't know. Like I, I, couldn't, I can't point to something for sure. That's not, that wasn't a gigantic movie to begin with. That yeah. wasn't jaws or you know yeah, yeah. or something like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, I think this movie I think is, is one of one. Like I think it's so singularly unique. It's going to say John wick. <laughs> well, Sure. Antebellum maybe, but you know, I mean, so, but yeah, like, it's just odd. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what you would point yeah. to like, you know,
1: um, well, there were more Ralphie Parker stories to be told even before we get to a Christmas story Christmas. Uh Ooh, there's a, cu- a couple of time for other- Ollie Hop Noodle. <laughs> <laughs> tagging yep. you in, Joe. My time to show. <laughs> we've got here we two go. here. We've got we've got My Summer Story.
3: Yep. And Christmas Story Two. So Joe, what what do you got? You you okay. studied the films. I did. Now I haven't seen my summer story in I think I saw it when it came out and I think it was called, it runs in the family or something at first I saw yeah. it under some other title yeah. at some point. Um, but I think I quickly disregarded that movie and I couldn't find it to rewatch it this time. So I don't have anything. That was like 94. I think that was that, 94, yeah, 94 and it's, yeah.
1: it's set like the following summer. So yeah. it's the summer least still of 41. Young. Yeah. Um, and Kieran Culkin is, is Ralphie and it's just,
0: Bob Clark directs it again.
1: Yeah, yeah, he directed it. it. It's just not, I mean, it didn't have this a similar release. It just didn't, No, people didn't gravitate to it at all. So yeah. um, it's probably <laughs> worth tracking down just if you're
3: curious. Yeah, I think but that's it's the just, only reason I ever saw it in the first place. Because yeah. by 94, like you know, I was kind of I'm a little the wrong age for that at that point. And that well, kind and of it wasn't was...
1: advertised. It wasn't advertised. Yeah. Well,
3: first of all, Christmas story hadn't really hit. It's peak.
1: probably peak fandom yeah. yet. Right. And even then, like it was not promoted as a sequel to Christmas story or even related to it was just a completely separate movie. Kind of like, like Biloxi blues and, uh, and Broadway bound and yeah. And all, and yeah, there's three of those. Um, yeah, why am I forgetting the first? Brighton, one? Be- Brighton Beach, Brighton Man Beach Man Man March. March. yeah, yeah. So those are like same character, completely separate movies,
3: right? Well, so I don't want again. I don't want to drag us back into Ollie Hop Noodle, but Ollie Hop Noodles uh, Haven of Bliss was a TV movie in like 1988, right. and it was a Disney Channel movie. So now this is 1988, right? uh there are no references in that movie to a Christmas story like none like they're the same characters but you would still think if you're in any way trying to build on that success you would at least mention something but I think the only thing that was in that was there's one music cue that's the same mm-hmm. and and distinct I can't even distinctly remember which one it is and at one point they get a flat tire and Ralph acts asks if he wants some to help him and he just says like are you kidding like and that's it. That's the only thing that maybe you could point back to. But mm-hmm. Ollie Hop Noodle was an okay movie. Jerry O'Connell plays Ralphie huh. and he's pretty young. And the old man was ooh, James Sicking.
2: Yeah, it was James oh, Sicking oh, from, James from Sicking. Hill Street Blues. Yeah. And he was
3: good. He's pretty good. Um, and the whole thing, again, it means well, but it, it was like an hour and a half. And it felt like it was stretched out. Like It was clearly like 45 minutes of plot that they stretched over an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's okay. Like for a cheap Disney movie. Um, but that's what I thought was interesting about it is if they had made it a little later, they could have maybe capitalized on Christmas story a little bit. Yeah. Um,
0: did, did you see great American 4th of July and other disasters? That I came couldn't out find 82.
3: that. Yeah. I don't know what that, that I think is connected Another back TV to. Another TV movie. Yeah. I think James Broderick's in that too. I think that connects back to <laughs> yeah, Phantom is. of the Open Hearth. Yeah. So I think that was yeah. almost like a series. Phantom of the Open Hearth was from like, a. um, Visions which I think, uh, like a PBS anthology series, mm-hmm. maybe. And I think maybe this was the next part of that, but I couldn't find that. Uh, Matt, Matt
0: Dillon played Ralphie in that one. Oof. nice. See, they, they got some heavy Played by a million people. By,
1: yeah, yeah there's a lot there's more a, of it
3: than you'd expect. Yeah, yeah.
1: there's a, I really yeah. had no idea. You know, I always just knew it was the, you know, Christmas story. And then I knew about Christmas Story 2. Yeah. To me, that was it. I had no idea there were all these other. Yeah things out there but
3: for real curiosity's sake like Ali hopner is kind of a tough watch like it's light but it's not it's kind of boring but phantom of the open hearth is for curiosity's sake is a really interesting watch like it's not super long it's like 80 minutes long and it does have this very gritty it doesn't feel like a period movie it's got to be set in the 50s and it doesn't feel like it but but it's very genuine like there's there's something really to that that I think is pretty interesting and effective Mm -hmm. you can find it on youtube it's not hard to find um
0: well a christmas story christmas feels like the only real true
1: well no no not necessarily not (laughs) if you not if you've seen the 2012 straight to dvd christmas story
3: 2. let's not blow past christmas story 2. yeah (laughs) because uh, oh my god
2: i have not seen none of you, have, has any, has any of you have. seen? I have not time? seen it
3: I watched about
1: 10 minutes of it and I was I was like I can't I can't yeah. I can't no
3: it's it's uh <laughs> I'd say it means well I I think I just <laughs> that's how I said about Ali Alihopnu <clears> but like it does it's, it's kind of earnest but it's it's not good uh yeah. Daniel Stern plays the dad and Daniel Stern isn't the right guy for that part like he's yeah. a little too cartoony and mm-hmm. but he's not even really the problem like the problem is the whole thing kind of feels like a high school like theater version of a christmas story yeah and i mean look at the poster. community theater yeah. Look at the poster the poster tells you right there that's just yeah. like it's a play version of this movie like that's it yeah like it's a straight dead-eyed ripoff and like the it's you know it tries to do the same thing. There's sort of little vignettes that they weave together a little bit, but you know a lot of it is just kind of hacky and and grim. It's not it's not it's not great. Um, it's everything and, we
1: we thought w- w- what we said about what was so great about the original was its authenticity.
3: Right. This is the opposite. Right. Yeah. Like it's all this like it, there's constant callbacks weirdly the leg lamp reappears which feels it feels sacrilegious when it happens like it feels so outrageous that you're just like you know in a movie you've already kind of you know stopped yourself from turning off a couple times that is is violently like you know uh antagonistic to your senses it's a Mm -hmm. terrible moment so yeah yeah so I, I never, th- I saw it when it came out more or less, because again, my parents were big Christmas story friends. So yeah. like I was in for Christmas once and we watched it and it was horrible. And I swore I would never see it again. And then this <laughs> week I, I popped it on. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Until you met us. Ooh, yeah. I, I, I got the, I, you know, I got the call. I was like, dude, you gotta, you gotta bone up on your Christmas story. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm all in. Well, you know, yeah, that, that all changed
1: uh, a couple of weeks ago when, the actual sequel came out, A Christmas Story Christmas on HBO Max. Uh, what did everybody think about this? Let, let's, let's go around. I, I, have, I have thoughts. Uh, Brent, you want to you wanna start it? What do you think?
0: I was prepared to not like it. Like I was like, this is going to be just a cheap grab at this. And when I first started watching it, like I wasn't loving it. But by the end, man, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was great. Like, I'm, like, ready to watch that again and put it in rotation. Like, just at, just at Christmas. Like, it now it's going to be, like, a Christmas story and a Christmas story Christmas. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play them back to back, and I'm going to be like, this is awesome. I felt like it had a lot of heart. I felt like it was awesome that all the cast kind of came back, obviously, except for the the father who's passed away. You and know? Melinda Dillon. Yeah. And who's so, still alive
1: but didn't come back. Yeah. Right.
0: So, you know, but it was fantastic, man. Like I I actually thought it was super true to the kind of the the way the first one was made. And I thought, you know, this is a nice kind of continuation story. And I like how it played into the into the first movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. So a thumbs up from Brent. Yeah, a thumbs up. I was all ready
0: to give it two thumbs down. I even started it. Oh, oh like oh, when it first. Oh. yeah I started it I started it like when it first came out and I started watching it and I was like I don't know and I turned it off and I wasn't planning on watching it until David or John was like well we're gonna talk about it tomorrow so you better watch it so (laughs) I watched it last night and I'm Uh super glad I did because now I'm like what the hell man that was great
2: take that
1: yeah (laughs) I've I've been I've been shown all right David what do you think
2: yeah, uh, what a what a great what a great sequel! What a fun follow-up to the original. Keeps it's very it's very reverential. It doesn't have to play to the nostalgia of the original too much. It creates its own little, just like the first movie. There's like the lore of being a child. Like there's these bullies, and there's this, and this is the this is where people go. It creates a little lore for the family and the town now in modern times where somehow the family hates carolers and yeah. like like they're just what a great bit like it just it was such a perfect like those little <coughs> additive things to yeah. like the universe or whatever just the world of this this family i thought was amazing i thought they every one of those was a well done choice um just a lot of fun like you know just to yeah well well done i i was very surprised but uh you know so i liked it it was silly it was earnest it was um and i felt yeah true to true to the characters
1: we're we're two for two so far guys this is yeah. uh things are looking good joe what do you think christmas story christmas
0: it all comes crashing down <laughs> here He's like, here's
1: we the thing.
3: go I'd look look here's my I'd here's like, my problem this is what i want here's to my say <laughs> you know what this film is propaganda. no i so I I liked it. I thought it was good. I I thought it was better than it needed to be, which I thought was an odd because it's a streaming movie and like everybody's going to watch it no matter what. So the fact that they put in as much heart into it, like it's a, it's a sad movie in a lot Mm -hmm. of stretches, which I didn't really expect. Like the original Christmas story has moments that are little touching moments, but there's not an overarching sadness to it, but building this whole movie the way they do. And, 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 I mean, right off the bat, I don't know how much you want to give away here on the are we are we spoiling the whole little Mild, bit? Yeah, but I mean, like when the movie starts, it doesn't really need to start that way. Like that could have been the established world, right? Mm-hmm. And so now that you know, I mean, Darren McGavin is dead. So the fact that like the dad has been removed from this story, you almost feel like I expected him to be just out of the story for a period of time.
1: Me too. Not yeah.
3: not he's out of the story. I mean, on day this is day 1 of everybody learning this because it does create this other otherness to this story and i think the tone is a little hard to hang on to i feel like
4: mm-hmm.
3: the movie i think by the end the movie is doing great valiant work and i thought maybe they cop out a little bit at the very end but i thought that to start i really didn't care for this i was like why would right. i ever watch this again like this is so heavy to start for a Christmas movie that like purportedly the idea is like Ralphie needs to like, make sure he puts on a good Christmas. I'm like, this is a crazy plot. Right. Um, but as the movie goes along, it does really kind of bring you in Ralphie commits kind of a lot of crimes, which I thought was weird. (laughs) But but Besides that, like, you know, I, I did, I enjoyed it in the end and I think I would watch it again. I was just kind of surprised. I was kind of surprised how, emotionally hard a movie it was, which I just wasn't expecting. So I think I got a little blindsided by that. And so it caught me off guard and I didn't immediately love it, love it. But, but it's a really fun movie. And again, it's, it's better than it needs to be to Mm. bring people to watch it.
1: I um, am, I put my expectations like on the ground, like I, I really was going in thinking like, all right, if, if I enjoy like one or two things, I'll be happy it's probably just one of those sellout sequels that, you know, we're seeing all the time that are just the majority of them are just sh- a shell of its former self, you know? And I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I really enjoyed it. I love, I, I don't know if I'd say I loved it, but I felt like it on, I mean, obviously it, it tried to honor the original movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I really liked how it played into his relationship with his father, um, not only honoring Darren McGavin, which they were clearly doing, right, uh, but also just acknowledging that bond between them that probably started with him getting the Red Rider, you know, knowing that his dad got him the Red Rider, you know, and that relationship kind of changing at that point, possibly. I mean, I'm, I'm making up a, a fictional, you know, what happened in between, But um, you know, you can see that. So uh, I really liked how they worked in most of the, you know, living actors came back and Flick and Schwartz and where would they be? And that felt kind of having grown up in a small town, you know, and seeing where some of those people are like, yeah, some of those people are still there doing the exact same things. So yeah. I like seeing Scott Farkas again and, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, I was a little bummed when I, when I heard Melinda Dillon wasn't coming back, but Julie Haggerty, I mean, it's great to see Julie Haggerty again. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's been forever and she's also so good. So I felt like that was a really good choice to, to replace her with. Um, I was surprised that, that, um, yeah, it was as kind of dark at times. Like, like you were mentioning, mm-hmm. Joe, and um, and Aaron Hayes, who plays uh, Ralphie's wife, is great also, but was a little bit more of a main character than I probably thought that person would be. So, yeah. um, but overall, I really, really enjoyed it. I feel like it's, it's not, to me, it's not anywhere close to the original, but definitely enjoyable. I probably next year, I'll watch them back to back and see how they hold up, you know. You know, right in a row with each other. So, yeah, I, I recommend it. I feel like if if you're a fan of the first one, you should you should definitely watch it. It may not be something you need to watch as often, maybe once in a while, or maybe just once. But it's good to see what an actual con- a true continuation of that character would be.
2: Yeah, it's really it's it's a it's a nice little like love letter too. It's the original, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the the dark undertone like the entire like you have to imagine through the entirety of this film the old man is on a slab while christmas is getting planned like i i'm assuming the funeral is going to be some point after christmas like but yeah. you know but like that's like that's fine. and then like ralphie went to korea like he did yeah. Like he, he mentioned korea it's like oh shit so yeah. ralphie saw some shit like he has some trauma yeah. like as a veteran uh <laughs> like and you know this whole idea that like oh the old man he he loved christmas he was the master of christmas we have to make it big I'm like that's not that's new like <laughs> but you can forgive all like sort of the silliness and the darkness uh because they kind of all go they go in with like you know life is we contain and experience many different things uh with our families and yeah. at, at the holidays and <laughs> but yeah uh what a what a fun little jaunt I I was like I was, ha- I was happy with it. Very glad, very yeah. glad to be, got to have it.
3: I was a little like surprised how often they talk about being like so far away from their parents. When again, they live in Chicago, which yeah. is <laughs> it's like, you can see Hammond from here. Like it's yeah. right there. Like it's not yeah. nothing. So I thought that was kind of weird. Um, um what's it called so in the book it's funny because the book the whole framing thing in the book is him talking to flick at that bar so the fact that he like Uh goes there and this does you know clearly something from the book the sign the name the sign behind the bar that's all in the book it's the same thing yep and so I thought that was all kind of neat um yeah I was a little surprised about like the old man dies and like the obituary is not in the paper, like immediately. Like, you got to kind of step that up, guys. And yeah. <laughs> there were little things about it that I was just like, it eh, has a lot of crime. It was it was just little things that I was there a little was bit a like, of... I was a little put out yeah. by a little some of the stuff. But um, but again, it, like it's I think it's it's hearts in the right place. And I think it really does, you know, convey a lot of a lot of the same tone from the original movie, which I think mm-hmm. is as, as much as you could hope for in a sequel. Yeah, way, so yeah. far down the road, you know.
1: Yeah, it um it, it for me it was a, a, it was a lot better overall than what I thought it was going to be. So I was yeah happy with it.
0: Yeah, I was absolutely not expecting anything. So yeah. And a majority uh, of this movie was filmed in Bulgaria.
2: That right. is true. Is that I was a little
3: concerned uh, how downtown Chicago looked like Bulgaria. That's where we do movies now, guys. That's where
1: we do them. I was just like, but like, you know, what, Great what but itself. where,
2: like, what, did they yeah. build that the house set on a, a soundstage? And I like that they, they had, had built to do that. It?
3: Exactly. Like, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and. But it's just like, did they have to do it in Bulgaria?
1: I guess so. Yeah, like there's no other way to it's do. It's all it. about. It's all about tax incentives, guys. Yep. That's. But that street game in game.
3: Cleveland still looks exactly like that. Like it's yep. exactly like that. So yeah. you think they, they have, could have at least? Well, the house. You know,
1: I mean, the house has become such a
3: you know a, a tourist. Uh, yeah, Trap. Really? Sure. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, we they, were there they, once, but it was before they I think they renovated the inside to look like the movie and I was before that. But yeah, but the outside looks, you know, it looks exactly the same. They, you know, whoever bought it, they really did keep it up. But mm-hmm. that's what I kind of expect when you see the trailer. I thought, oh, they must have filmed this there. Like, it looks the same, but painstakingly recreated in yeah. Bulgaria.
1: Yeah, surprisingly, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, overall uh, for me, Love the original Christmas story, really yeah. enjoyed the the new one. So uh, Christmas story will continue to be in my top two uh, uh, Christmas films wa- watching it every year. So uh, it'll be either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day for me, whether I'm by myself or with the rest of the fam. OK, and now it's got a partner. It's got a partner that I can <laughs> yeah, get right into. It's got a buddy. Yeah. Exactly. Ollie hop noodles, haven a bliss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: forever partnered up
1: oh god so we'll have to figure out you know next christmas what are what are we going to do will it be black christmas will it be uh an older film who knows we got a year to figure it out
2: it's just weird that apparently ralphie parker has more movies than freddy krueger i didn't
3: know (laughs) (laughs) this huge it's a huge universe like oh my god
1: (laughs) it's the the jsu (laughs) (laughs) Which we didn't even mention, uh, Gene Shepard doing the, is the, the narrator and yeah, you yeah. actually see him
3: for a second in the movie. Yeah. But And and that oh, is yeah. something that really helps those old TV movies is he narrates those movies. So they feel very much like, you know, in the same vein, like it's yeah, still yeah. that same cadence, that same, you know, yeah. Gene Shepard's real distinctive voice. It yeah. really adds a lot. So yeah. 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 Well, uh, highly recommend
1: it. Still think, uh, it's an all time classic. So, um, yeah, I'm glad we got to cover it. And Joe, I'm glad we got to uh, bring you on board for it. It's always yeah, Joe, great good having you back you. here.
3: Yeah. Oh, man, I love coming on. It's uh, it, it gives me like five days to like stop everything else I'm doing and prepare. Yeah. <laughs> like reading the <laughs> Batman novelization. Like, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm going in. So We're ending,
1: you know, 2022 on such a high note
3: because you're here. Well, I, I'm glad That's I could I add any value that I can. We, we've
1: had a kind of a crazy year we we took a little bit of a pause earlier this year and uh you know right after we did our batman episode we did the thing we took a bit of a a, a slowdown, and and uh and then we picked it right back up with top gun and and uh we've had a great summer we've had a busy uh, october and november and now our holiday season and we've got an exciting 2023 coming. We're kind of going with a lot of movies that are um, a little off the beaten path, you know, maybe getting back to movies that people haven't seen in a while, aren't talking about that much. So we're trying to we'll, we'll get a couple of big movies in there, but uh, we're trying to go more of that route. So, Joe, we're going to figure out which ones uh, you want to come back for.
3: I mean, anytime you want to start Police Academy, you just let me. Do it. I know it's I'm it, always we, ready. <laughs> I'm Just sitting by the phone. <laughs> I'm always You're prepared. Like, I have. What, 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 to, we're talking Gutenberg. What do you want to talk about?
1: I know we, we did three men and a baby and it. And we all came to the realization that
3: we need more Guten classics.
0: Yeah, oh. we definitely do.
3: If you yeah. remember the uh, the Jamie Gertz Gutenberg film Don't Tell Her It's Me. Uh, I will do that. I could do that right now. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't there another title? Wasn't it also called My Boyfriend's Back or something? I think something? it's also I yeah. think now it's called My Boyfriend's Back, but yeah. whenever oh. I saw it as a kid, it was them too and like Shelley Long. Yep. Yes. I yes. saw that movie
1: so many times. Here's what it was so it was such a popular Gutenberg film they had to change the name. Yeah. Try That's, to get people to, to buy keep, it again
0: to, <laughs> yeah. to keep it on the racks, <laughs> right?
3: Yeah, he played Lobo Maranga. <laughs> I was a of huge course. Of course. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh my god. That's well, yeah. Awesome. So we'll we'll uh,
1: we we'll, we'll get you back here at some point. But uh, in the meantime, if they want to to listen to your your soothing tones, where can they find it? Happened one year.
3: Yeah, it happened when year. is available basically anywhere you're listening to podcasts. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I keep pushing this one thing, but we got this one great big episode coming up that might end up to be a couple episodes, and it's based on the real life UFO sighting in Shag Harbour, Nova Scotia, and October fourth, nineteen sixty-seven. So yeah, I, I you know cool. keep an eye out for that. We're gonna have a trailer for that soon, and we're we're gonna give it the the big push, as much of a push as it happened one year can manage anyway (laughs) (laughs) well we'll plug it here too so you tell us when it's coming and we'll we'll I'll send
1: it along spread the word so uh well great well that's exciting and we're looking forward to hearing that um want to say a quick shout out and thank you to our our some of our other friends uh ek wimmer with laser graves check out his podcast thank you for the theme song as well curtis moore thank you for the poster as usual you can check us out on social media. We're Podcast, on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, don't forget to check out our archives at Reconsimation.com. Give us a five-star rating and review. It, uh, it boosts the show. It always helps and gets us more uh, ears. So uh, we'd appreciate that. That that would be a great holiday gift. So, More uh, ears. Yeah, more ears. We love them. Better than um, another fruitcake.
3: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dave.
2: Hey <laughs> <laughs> right,
4: well, guys, we hope... hope you love the uh,
2: fruitcake. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas! Thanks, Dave.
1: Thanks
3: for the fruitcake again, Dave. Oh
1: boy. <laughs> well, sorry. We guys. Hope everybody out there has a great holiday season, and uh, and uh, we'll see you soon, right after the new year. So, happy holidays from Reconsideration, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye now.
4: Christmas. How, how, how?